Blog Talk Radio. With your host, the seer of Seed Royal. To the four corners of the globe.
Praise his righteous and powerful name. Matthew chapter 10, verse number 19 reads, 
Book of Matthew, chapter 10, verse number 19. Book of Matthew 10, verse 19. When they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak. For it shall be given you in the same hour what you shall speak. Book of Luke, chapter 12, verse number 12 reads, For the righteous spirit shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. In the very same hour, the righteous spirit will teach you what you ought to say. And that's a great thing. But see, one thing you understand about the righteous spirit is something is going to do that, Elder. In Matthew chapter 10, uh, for the national audience to understand one thing, and our other elder, he'll come and tell you about those that's all over the place and, and listen in and tune in. But understand when the righteous spirit present, you got to understand the rules and regulation of the Almighty. Now, this is what he told his followers called disciples in the 10th chapter, verse 34 down to verse 48. You can take a time and peep at this real quick to help. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, my friend, people at verse 32 just getting warmed up. And verse 32 down to verse 48, we got to lay this little foundation in because this is the way the righteous spirit wanted to lay out cake number 105. Matthew chapter 10, 32 down to 48, Yahshua Israel, come on. Book of Matthew chapter 10, verse number 32 to 48 reads. Book of Matthew 10, verse number 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, and will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. 33. Whosoever shall deny me before men, and will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Verse 34. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. Verse 35. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Verse 36, and a man's foe shall be they of his own household. Verse 37, that love a father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that love a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Verse 38, neither take him not his covenant, neither take him not the covenant, and follow after me is not worthy of me. Verse 39. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. Verse 40. He that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Verse 41. He that receiveth a seal in the name of a seal shall receive a seal's reward. And he that receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Verse 42. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, truly I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Excellent. That's good enough. Excellent, day, I'll read verse 41 again, Elder. The book of Matthew 10, verse 
41 reads, You that receive the seers in the name of a seer shall receive a seer's reward. You that receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Now, right there, that's Yahweh letting you know that it will be seers and elders coming after him. So he was informing the disciples, the followers of Yahweh, that it will be a sinner in every generation and will be elders in every generation after he's back in heaven. So he'll make it plain that it will be fear. It will be ill. And there it is in verse 41. For the master, Lord, one more time, understand Yahweh always have a fear in every generation. And the seal makes sure he looks out and sees what elders is, is prepared to take care of his business. I read that verse 41 again. So this is this is the son talking. Look what he says in 41. And then we're going to precept that in the 14th chapter of St. John, verse 12. We're going to get a precept on that in 14, verse 12. Listen to what he says again in Matthew, chapter 10, verse 41. Then we're going to go precept that in St. John, St. John chapter 14, verse 12. We're going to get a precept. Come on, El. The book of Matthew chapter 10, verse 41 reads, He that receives a seer in the name of a seer shall receive a seer's reward. And he that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Yeah. Now, swing over to St. John 14, 12. The book of St. John, chapter 14, verse number 12 reads, Book of St. John 14, verse 12. Truly, truly, verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now, you see that? They go your cold word right there. He letting you know he was going back to heaven. But he gonna be a uh, he will be down here and do greater work than what he did. Because if he is talking about what you just got to read in ten forty one of Matthew, he gonna do greater work. Because you know you know why he got to do greater work? Because when the time that he get his hand in your ear, you ain't gonna know who you are, you will be all over the place. You're not going to understand that December 25th got nothing to do with no Santa Claus. See, he got a whole lot of job work to do. And he got to make sure the proper elders around him to have to deliver these words to the teacher. So this responsibility is a great job for the he to come. So now, and, and what is he going to do? He's going to do uh, act. Chapter 15, now how do you recognize the heat? This is how you will recognize the heat. Acts chapter 15, verse 15. Let's talk about the heat real quick. Dale. The book of Acts, chapter 15. Verse number 15 reads. Book of Acts 15, verse number 15. And to this agree the word of the seers as it is written. For this, you agree with the seer. What kind of way? As is written. When the 
you something as it is written, and his job is only to get it to the elders. And the elders will get to the teachers. And the teachers take care of the father. Father take care of the mother. Mother take care of the children. That is the order of things. Responsibility is to only get it to the elders. And they look at them teachers to make sure they're ready to go. And guess what the benefit of it in second Chronicles of 2020? What's the benefit of, of all this there? Uh, elder, we're going we to preach up there to second Chronicles 2020, and then we understand the foundation. Second Chronicles 2020, what does it say, Elder? The book of Second Chronicles, chapter 20, verse number 20 reads, book of Second Chronicles, chapter 20, Verse number 20. Book of Second Chronicles 20, verse 20. And they arose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, the whole Sophat stood and said, Hear me, O your God, Judah, and you inhabitants of the southern kingdom. Believe in Yahweh, your Yahweh, so shall you be established. Believe his seers, so shall you prosper. So, so you you be saying, well, I don't know what to believe. And he won't tell you what to believe. If you want to prosper, you want to get your mind all right, just look at what the Bible says and just follow what the Bible says. Why don't you try that? Try, try to die, follow what the Bible says and then take from there. That's the, that's the game changer right there. Just follow the Bible. Because... One thing we got to understand is some good stuff. In St. John chapter 19, verse 20. Hey, yo, let's talk about St. John chapter 19, verse 20. Let's talk about that for a minute. What is that? Book of St. John, chapter 19, verse number 20 reads. Book of St. John 19. Book of St. John 19, verse number 20. This title then read many of your God Judah, for the place where Yahweh the Son was crucified was not to the city. And it was written in the Shemitic tongue, the Greek tongue, and Latin. Now, at the time of the Almighty Son walking the trace of the earth, the language that was established in the southern kingdom, they called Hebrew. Latin and Greek. That was it. The word Aramaic comes from Aram. So the language that was spoken at the time when from Adam all the way down to the time of the close of the book in 96 AD. It was three major languages. They called it Hebrew, which is really Semitic, Greek, and Latin. Understand one thing. In Hebrew, Latin, or Greek, if nobody named Jesus Christ in Hebrew, Latin, or Greek, you go on your computer, your computer will, and pull up the ancient language writing of Semitic, Hebrew, Latin, and Greek, and nobody in there have the name of Jesus Christ. Christ or Jehovah. Jehovah and Jesus Christ 
what did not even exist at that time. See? So those that got this Jesus Christ going and the Jehovah, you go in your book and, and you show them St. John 19:20. These are the three languages on there. Hebrew, Latin, Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. And guess what? Even to this day, if nobody, if nobody used the name Jesus Christ or Jehovah in the three languages up to the time of Revelation chapter 1, 17 through 19. Hey, look, what is that in Revelation chapter 1, 17 through 19? The book of Revelation, chapter 1, number 17 to 19 reads. Book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse number 17 reads. Book of Revelation 1, verse number 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. He laid his right hand upon me, said unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Verse 18. I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Hallelujah. And have the keys of hell and death. Verse number 19. Write the things which thou hast seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Mm-hmm. And precept after 4 1 there, um, El. Precept after 4 1 of Revelation. Let's get a precept on that in 4 1. The Revelation chapter 4, verse number 1 reads, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. So when John put his pen down, the whole history that you need to know and what to come was told by John, the revelator. He revealed it. And John put his pen down in 96 A.D. From 96 A.D. back to 4004, it was nobody that was called Jesus Christ our Lord or Jehovah. And when John put his pen down, the almighty story was told. English was thought about in 449 A.D. It became official language in 1382. But when John put his pen down in 96 A.D., the almighty story was told. It was told. So now, Elder, look up, put the historical document on the name and how many times and showing you that if you continue down that trend, you being a work will be called historical documents facts on being manipulated. You don't like to be manipulated, do you? Imagine somebody came to you with God and manipulate you. You say, man, you know, I don't you know, I don't like when you manipulate me. But listen what historical documents facts will be shown by our elder when he reads it about historical documents. Let's talk about it, Elder. Let's talk about what happened, and then you end up manipulated. And no matter be manipulated, even a, a two-year-old kid, you might have him a lollipop, and you reach for it, you take it back, and then give him something else. 
Even he'll look at you strange. Say, you manipulate me. Let's talk about hell. Come on, let's talk about this being manipulated. Come on. Looking at the uh, historical document titled YHWH, and it reads, One thing that is clear is that the name is not the Lord. The title is substituted for the name almost 7,000 times in most English translations of the Hebrew scriptures. In other words, YHWH is removed 7,000 times, and the Lord is added 7,000 times. This manipulation, no matter how well intended, has the clear desire of Yahweh for people to call on his name. When you use any of the names in the four letters, you're being manipulated. So when your pastor stand before you and tell you about our Lord Jesus Christ, then he's been manipulated. And guess what he did do for you? He's been manipulated too. See? But that's why this ministry come on six nights a week. And we and we don't know where we're going until we hear from Matthew 10, 19 and from Luke 12, 12. But anytime you use any other name than the four letters, you've been manipulated. Because when John put his pen down in the book of Revelation in 96 AD, none of them names exist. So they came on the other side of 96 AD. And anything on the other side of, of 96 AD, he tell you plainly, children of the book, in Deuteronomy 4, 1 and 2, this is what he's saying to the people of the book. This is what he's telling them in Deuteronomy 4, 1 and 2, then we're going to have the wise man in the world precept it in 30, verse 5 and 6 of Proverbs. Let's go back to back there. Hey, come on. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4, verse number 1 and 2 reads. Book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4, verse number 1. Deuteronomy 4, verse number 1 reads. Book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4, verse number 1. And therefore, hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto judgment which I teach you, for to do them, that you may live and go in and possess the land which Yahweh your fathers given you. Verse number two: You shall not add unto the word which I command you; neither shall you diminish up from it, that you may keep the commandments of Yahweh your Yahweh, which I command you. Now, the wisest man in the world want to shout at that, Ayodham, in the 30th chapter, verse 5 and 6 of Proverbs, what did the wise man that ever lived from that day to this day, what he got in writing in Proverbs 30, verse 5 and 6? Book of Proverbs 30, verse 5 and 6 reads, Book of Proverbs 30, verse number 5, Every word of Yahweh is pure, he is a shield unto them, they put their trust in him. Verse number six. Add you not unto his words. He see reprove you, and you be found a liar. Now the angel from heaven came down in 12 verse 6 there to David there. El, El. So he came from heaven. He came from heaven and looked David eyeball and eyeball and told him, put, he said, put this in right. He said, ain't too many going to take a look at this. But it, it will be somebody take a look at it. What it says in 1000 B.C. and 12 verse 6 of the book of Psalms. 
book of Psalm, chapter 12, verse number 6 reads, The words of Yahweh are pure words, as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. You see that? I mean, it, that's complete. That's it. See, this, so this is what we have to understand. And then, he met, then the same angel, he wasn't through talking with him. He told him something in 11 verse 3. He made up a final statement looking David eyeball to eyeball in Psalm 11, verse 3. What did he say in 11, verse 3? Look at Psalm 11, verse number 3. If the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? You can mean well. You can be, you can be a devoted a member of an establishment. You mean well. You want to do well. But if you don't have your foundation, if you don't have your foundation, you can be all the right. You mean all the good. In the, you got a lot of good people that's in these churches. They really good, but they just don't. They just don't know. And that's what we come in at. They just don't know that they've been manipulated, and they mean well. So our job is to show you what the Bible says. So now, read that verse again. Uh, um, 11 verse 3 again, one more time there, uh, Elvis. The book of Psalms 11, verse number 3 reads, If the foundation be destroyed, can the righteous do? You see that? What can the righteous do? First, now you have to define what, the, what is righteous. Because, because if we look at righteous based upon all uh, wise men in the world, then we in error. Look what the wise man in the world says in, Pro, in, um, in Proverbs 3, 1 down to verse 5. What's the wise man tell you something about? Right. He'll tell you what not to do. And we're going to bring you to tell you what not to do. You mean well? You want to do right? Not to be in an organization and you try to do all, you give it all you got, don't you? Okay, good. But how do you know righteous? Then listen what the wise man in the world say in Proverbs 31 down to verse 5. What did he say there? Book of Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 1 through 5 reads. Proverbs 3, verse number 1. My son, forget not my law. Let thy mind keep my commandments. Verse 2. For let the days and long life and peace shall they add to you. Verse number three, and thy mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thy mind. Verse number four, so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of Yahweh and man. Verse five, trust in, trust in Yahweh with all your mind, and lean not unto your own understanding. You see, you see man just said, he's calling you point to your son, your daughter. I don't know what you believe. You point them back to the law, statutes, and commandments. That's what you believe. You believe the law, statutes, and commandments. Huh? So I don't know what you believe. He tells you what you believe. The law, statutes, and the commandments. That's what you believe. Now, in Deuteronomy, there are elders. And 525 is going to make a statement. Because, like I said, I know a lot of good people. They want to be right. But understand, it is a 
to understand. Huh? Because if your preacher is exactly about December 25th means a day he's supposed to bend down and get him a present, and he got Christmas trees and Christmas lights on the place, then he's an arrow. See, he can mean well, but once you show him the truth, people will look at it and say, oh, I didn't know I was arrogant. I'm leading the flock the wrong way. Let me make adjustments according to the Bible. I got to get a precept on that area. Now, hold on, that, that big talk of that. He said, yeah, see, you just made a final statement behind that one. Now, you got to get a precept on that. Now, and I'm struggling right now, you know, but right now i got to get a precept on that in St. John chapter 4. Because it was a statement made, you know, i got to get a precept out of that. See, that's how the ministry operates. He said, now, Phil, you're talking real good, but now you got to precept that. And let's see what it says in the fourth chapter behind that statement with that, you know. And the fourth statement in the fourth chapter, St. John chapter 4, it was a final statement they said, um, let's look right at what he says in verse number 439. Hmm? And check it out in verse 41. No, no, I'll tell you what. Let's get right down to it. Let's speak with verse 42. We'll get right down to it. Those that, you know, before I ever hear a call and tell you about the broadcast, you know, you can read up a little bit long if you want to, but we want to get down to it, what they said when they looked to our eyeball to eyeball in verse 42. St. John 4, 42, what it say here? The book of St. John, chapter 4, verse 42 reads, And said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of your saying, for we have heard him ourselves know that this is indeed the Messiah. The Savior of Yahweh Judah, the twelve tribes of Israel, the world. I said, no. You see the man, man. See, it's not. See, we never asked nobody to believe old Sarah or another man. Just go with the Bible. What do the Bible say? Don't worry about, you know, because we understand that it's claiming that you're not going to pay the seal, no, never mind. But listen to what the words come out. Point at these words with your pastor and show them what this book saying. He said, we believe. It's not that, but we sing it for ourselves. Now, in 925 and 41 of St. John, I mean, you know, you know, you, you jumped on it and brought a couple of things to the station and you're going to bring our mother in for most look, look to you. I like hollering that microphone, too. Let me give a little shot at that mic. Coming up, mother. And... And the book, um, whatever I just said, it on the me now, but I hope you got it down there. Come on. The book of St. John, chapter 9, verse number 25 and verse 41 reads, book of St. John 9, verse 25, he has said, whether it be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Verse 41. Yahweh the Son said unto them, If you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, We see. Therefore, your sin remaineth. See, everybody won't know. Well, well where are you getting this stuff from? Well, here it is right here. Here it is in writing. Well, well who is well, putting this in your head? Here it is right here. Mr. Pastor, right here. 
We're here and right. See, don't, don't worry about trying to give somebody your credibility, where you're going and where you've been. That ain't got nothing to do with the word almighty. Here was the verse thing. The people said, we was blind. We thought that what we be doing every year on Christmas Day, they call it, December 25th, we thought we were doing the right thing. We meant well. But we didn't know that was the day that the children of Judah, Benjamin, Levi, went into captivity, lost their land, their temple, and everything on December 25th, 145 B.C. We didn't know that. So we didn't know there was 14 books missing. We thought the Bible only had six or six books to it. We didn't know it was 14 books that were taken out, but the Catholic Church got all 80. But, Mr. Preacher, why you ain't got all 80 in your book? Why are you just using 66 books, Mr. Preacher? You know, I'm paying my tax, we will offer my donation, and I'm testing out here where I possibly can. Why don't you tell me there were 14 books taken away by the Protestant Church in 19, uh, 1885? Why don't you tell me this, Mr. Preacher? Why do you tell me that between Malachi and Matthew, that's when our Lord Jesus Christ wasn't talking? Why do you tell me that and I told my family that? Then he was talking real good. It's just the books were removed. But the preacher tell you the minute, uh, well, between Malachi and Matthew, that was the year our Lord Jesus Christ wasn't taught. You see that? Now you get on over there and go pay your tithes and get on out the way. You see what you do, You see? But we come to unlock that bad understanding. Because you're the last day. That's a cliche statement is made, but it is. And this is the ministry ready to fix them on the council, voices of the truth life, going to unlock the Bible. All you got to do is uh, remember what it said in Second Israel 14, 34. All you got to do yourself is listen. It be a Second Israel 14, 34. Now, can you, can you try that? What it say in Second Israel 14, 34? What it say to hell? The book of Second Kings. Second King. Second Ezra. Let's go see if you get in there in Second Ezra 
Verse number 34 reads, Therefore, if so be that you will subdue your own understanding and reform your mind, you shall be kept alive, and after death you shall obtain mercy. Now what do you say? You might have, your parents might have sent you to the best, the best colleges, best institution it is, and got you with all kind of degrees where you just are. A student, everything. But to understand this Bible, you got to take every last one of them degrees you got, put it in a suitcase, and just slide it under, under the bed and just tune in to walk over to his life. You got to just come in and put all that what you have learned and all the money your parents have and all the sweat you have did for learning that stuff. You got to to do your own understanding, just come with an open mind. Just come with an open mind. Well, I'm going to have an open mind. Don't be like a, call a pack of judge. I'm going to hear both sides. I'm going to hear it. Yeah, I'm going to make a decision. That's all you got to do. But but when you come with the idol in your head, that's why to get away from you. And that's why your preacher will reject anything that he ain't been brought up with that bad teaching. He'll reject anything. he tell you that, um, now, uh, Errol, let's hear, let the national audience hear what a word came from, the original name of Christ. Let's see where that word comes from, Christ. Like they, they, they showed you it wasn't no Jesus or Jehovah, right? But let's, let the national audience hear this word called Christ. Let's see where that word comes from, Christ. Where it come from, let the, let the word here, what word Christ come from. Come on. Uh, one second, we're going to look up that word. That's right, Elf. That's right, we're going to look up the word Christ. Because they'll tell you in a minute, well, with Jesus Christ, our Lord, okay, we're going to see where did the word Christ come from. We're going to see did it come from heaven. They're going to find out. You know what? You take that old that smartphone you got, or your computer with William, put in a word called "What is the origin of the word Christ? Where did it come from? Where did it come from?" And guess what? Be sitting down when you hear the definition of what word Christ come from. Let's talk about it. Else. I'm looking at the uh, the word Christ, C H R I S T, etymology, dictionary. Christ come from the Greek word meaning the anointed. Well, okay. The word That's is good. derived from the Greek. So I need a little bit more. I, 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 need, I need a little bit more. I need, I need uh, like I said, that was second hand. I need a word just before that. The word Christ came from another word just before that. So I need you to look at it again. And teach me about another word before we get to the the Hamashiach or the or the Messiah. It's another word in between that that sprung that word out. So look again and give me another word. All right, come on. I got you. I got you. I'm looking at where the where did Christ come from? To the surprise of some, Christ is not. Jesus, last name. Christ comes from the Greek word Christos, 
and all that. But I do get it right. C H R I S T O S. That's where the word Christ comes from. So remember, we read in Matthew, I mean St. John nineteen twenty. And we found out it was three languages spoken. It was the call, it was Semitic called Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. So when the Greeks started writing in their book about this word right here called the Hamashiach, they put the word called Christo there. Christo. C-H-R-I-S-T-O-S. And then as the process of time, when it got down to English, way up the road, the English man put in the word called Christ. So you see, when you use the word called Christ, it's not coming from up, up in the way of third heaven. It's coming from the mind of the Greeks. And the Greeks, in this case, is the descendants of Esau and his five sons. They're the ones that move the word called the Hamashiach, which you call the Messiah. And they put a word in called Christo, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-S. Christo. Then at the process of time, when the English man finally come up with thinking about it in 449 AD, they was kicking around this English thing. They made an official language in 1382. That's when they brought the word in from the Greek. Christo. So you hear brothers say, well, we're going into Greece to see what the Greeks say. Okay, good. But when you're going to Greek and see where the word Christopher's Christ come from, you know, who's the king? Christ? No. Christ come from Christo. This is the mind of the Greeks, which is the citizens of Esau. So when you, who's the king? Christ. Christ come from Christo. And you know what? He got rules and regulations even on that. Now, after they all look at this uh, 625, because I know you got a lot of people that want to do right. But the only way you're going to be righteous is, well, how, well, how are you? Well, I'm righteous. Well, then you righteous according to your own mind, or you righteous according to the Bible. Which one? Let Moses give you the Bible a definition of being right. Oh, my, my, mama, my mama, she was righteous. My grandmama was righteous, too. According to what? The world? Or according to the Bible, which one was your mama and your and your grandmama and your grandpa Buck? What were they righteous according to the world, according to the Bible? Let's see what the Bible says is the biblical definition of being righteous according to the Bible. Six twenty-five. They don't want to say that. A Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter six, verse twenty-five reads: "It shall be our righteousness." If we observe to do all these commandments before Yahweh, as he has commanded us. When you write this, you're keeping the laws, statutes, and the commandments. That's how you be right. According to the, the Bible, your grandmama, your mama, yes. Ain't willing made and off a book or Leroy. They was, they was not righteous according to the Bible. They was righteous according to the world. Right? They was righteous according to the world. But when you write according to the Bible, 
You're keeping the law, statutes, and the commandments. And as he told Moses that, he came in the body to remind his, the St. John 14, verse 14, 15, in 21 to 24, he didn't pray more than So now we got to get a precept on that. Now he, now he, now he told Moses this. Now here he come in the body. Let's see, do he deviate from this when he picked the 12 followers and looked them eyeball to eyeball. He said something to them. He said something to them in St. John chapter 14, verse 14, 15, 21, and 24. Listen to what he said to them, and then you point that crooked finger back to that Bible and point that preacher and see what he said. What is that else? Book of St. John, chapter 14, verse number 14, verse 15, verse 21 to 24 reads. Book of St. John, 14, verse 14 reads. If you should ask anything in my name, I would do it. Verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Verse number 21. You have my commandments. And keepeth them, it is that loveth me. Neither loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him, it will manifest myself to him. Verse 23. Yaqua the son answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Verse 24. Either loveth me not. Keep it not my saying. And the words which you hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. My, my, my. Should we say anything more to that? No. What we're going to do is we're going to bring our mother in. We'll bring one of the mothers out of Camp One, Mother Eden. And most likely, my here, Mother Z, give a commentary later on the broadcast. We'll find out. So when you read Mother Z, you allow a boy to run the mother out of Cap 1 by saying, Mother E, travel y'all got duty. Y'all why did you have seen right? Hey, Mother E, y'all why did you have seen right? Yeah. What are you saying? Here, Mother E's not on the broadcast. Oh, okay. All right, I thought that was Mother E. Hallelujah, what? All right, yo. We just keep it rolling until uh, Mother E do come on the broadcast. So we found out one thing. See, listen. Too late, we got to make a decision. Is we going to make a, a statement, or co- we going to make a judgment according to the Bible, or we going to make it according to tradition? And, and uh, it, sooner or later, you will have to make a decision. We don't take a lot of things on the way to take and get some things. So now, um, so we found out right now, when you when you hear them use the word called Jesus Christ our Lord, we know they're using cliches because we just got to read in the Bible that from Matthew, chapter, I mean, St. John 19 and 20, it was no such name as Jesus Christ our Lord. It was then and it's not now. Go in your computer and put it up. If you mean well, you make a judgment according to the Bible. That's all we're saying. So now, but it's more to it than that now. 
when the word comes to you, it's up to you to make a decision. Is you going to look at what the Bible says, or you just going to go and continue to do traditions of men? It's up to you. So now, my thing, let's get a precept on that. Let's go to Mark and get a precept on that. Remember one thing. When you precept your Bible, he'll tell you the story. But if your preacher ain't going to precept the Bible, if he ain't going to show you what the Bible's saying, he just wants you to believe him. No, why can't I believe you? I don't believe the Bible. We'll see the Bible saying. We're going to Mark chapter 7, and we'll look at verse 6 down to verse 9 and 13. Listen to what? This is what the Almighty Son said. Let's see what he says when he him up them 12. That's going to take his word after he go back and sit back on the right hand of the box. Let's see what's going on in Mark chapter 7, verse 6. Let's take it out of verse number 9 and verse 13. Let's get it up. The book of Mark chapter 7, verse number 6 through 9, and verse 13 reads, book of Mark chapter 7, verse number 6. Then Yaquita's son went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Yaquita, travel not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Verse 7. Uh, hold on, hey, hold on, hey, hold on. Uh, Look at Mark chapter 7, verse 6, real carefully. Mark 7, 6 down to verse 9 and 13. Look at it real carefully, yo. Come on. Looking at Mark 7, chapter 6 through 9, verse number 13 reads, Mark 7, verse 6, Then Yahweh's son went with them, and when he was not, not far from the house, the oh, centurion. Oh, oh, oh. Right. Look at Mark uh, 7, 6, real chapter. It took your time to grab what I'm going to for a minute. I got plenty of time. You got plenty of time. Mark 7, verse 6. Look at it real careful. Look at it real careful. All right. The book of, <laughs> book of Mark chapter 7, verse 6 through 9, and verse 13 reads, Book of Mark 7, verse number 6. He answered said unto them, Where have Isaiah the seer prophesied of you, hypocrites, as it is written? The people honor me with their lips, but their mind is far from me. Verse 7. Howbeit in vain they do worship. Worship me, teaching for doctrine, the commandments of men. Verse number 8. For lay inside the commandments of Yahweh, you hold the traditions of men, as of the washing of pots and cups, and many other such like things you do. Verse number 9. And he said unto them, For where you reject, the commandments of Yahweh, that you may keep your own traditions. Verse 13, making the word of Yahweh of none effect through your traditions, which you, have de- which you have delivered, and many such like things do you. He said, he said what you're doing, and that's why your preacher going to reject this book. They're going to have you to talk. Uh, they're going to take a verse, and we're going to show you what verse they use, but we're going to show you how you, you, how you, how you chop them up. 
Let him go to that verse. And let him go there and may elbow him to get there. That will show you how he trap him up according to the Bible. Make him come clean, you know, and make him come clean. See, we're going to show you what to do. It's up to you to rewind anytime you got to meet with your high dignitaries and just say, look, okay, well, what these verses are you saying? Then let him go there. Then I'm going to show you how you chop him up through the book. But we're going to take it every bit late. We'll let you know when we're getting at that. So now you find out one thing, that certain names is not you. But do you know it is a penalty into this thing here? See, now every chapter is called the first five books. Once you understand these things, in Numbers 15, 15, 16, and 29, he looked Moses eyeball to eyeball. He told Moses to tell them hell or something. And hell told him, teach it. And 29, Moses went out to the elders and told them, get over to the children of Israel and tell them this. Tell them what, hell? Numbers 15, 15, 16, and 29. What does it say? Book of Numbers, chapter 15. Number 15, verse 16. Verse number 29 reads. Numbers, chapter 15. Verse number 15 reads. One ordinance shall be both for you of the congregation. And also for the stranger that sojourning with you. An ordinance wherever in your generation, as you are, so shall the stranger be before Yahweh. Verse 16. One law and one manner shall be for you and for the stranger that sojourning with you. Verse 29. You have one law for him that sinneth through ignorance, both for him that is born among the family of Israel and for the stranger. There's so journey among them. Mm-hmm. So what are you telling you? You tell them children of Israel, you cannot follow them. They gotta follow you. Okay? They he said, listen, Moses told the elders, you go tell them children of Israel, you cannot follow them. They gotta follow you. One way, your way. So what what you got going on, what will be told by the, the son to Moses, to get down to the elders and teach us one way. Read verse 29 again. This is saying verse 29. The book of Numbers 15, verse 29 reads. Book of Numbers chapter 15, verse 29. You have one law for him that is, for him that sinneth through ignorance, both for him that is born among the family of Israel and for the stranger. That sojourney among them. You see, the one that's ignorant, these will be ignorant by not knowing. See, you, you have, you just, you don't, you didn't know. You thought that what you went to school for, got degrees for, you would have had put all that money in it if you knew that it was a loophole and when somebody come and put the book on you, it's going to mess you up. You would have put all that money, but you didn't know. But guess what? All we want you to do now is just what we show you in this book. Then just research it. Look at the verse. What verse did he come from? And see, then he'll precept that verse. He'll give you a backup. You know, like like they say in, in, in the law enforcement. Uh, we need backup. Now everybody knows what that means. We need backup. So we give you backup. It's up to you. Now, the 
still got his hand on that L, and this is what the field said, and we're going to see what happened. Isaiah the field, he was, the angel came and told him to put something in right. In 65 verse 15, listen to what he said in 700 B.C., the angel came from heaven, from the Son and the Father, and they hemmed up old Isaiah the field. They hemmed him up in 65 15, and listen what he told the fear going to happen in time to come. What he said in 65 verse 15. The book of Isaiah 65, verse number 15 reads, And you shall leave your name for a curse unto my children. Yaquah shall slay thee and call his servant by another name. Told Isaiah in 700 BC, you gonna leave your name, and you gonna you gonna be jacked up with a curse name. He said, and not only that, you gonna be a 2837, a proverb. Now this was his program. Not only that, he said you gonna leave your name for a curse, and guess what your name gonna be? According to Deuteronomy. Let's see what your name going to be. That's all that was told by Moses. Moses said, "It's going to happen to these people? Yes. 2837, what it says. Let me read that. Book of Deuteronomy 28, verse number 37 reads, Thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all nations, whether Yahweh shall lead you. He said, you, he, you'll be astonished. He will look at you and say, God, oh. And you will be a proverb and a byword. Proverb is, you lazy shipless. Look at them. They're lazy and shipless. And a byword, you'll be, you will be not called by your name, your biblical name. Yeah? And you'll be a byword. You know what byword will be? You'll be called. African-American, Negro, color, super cool, blackie. You'll be called Tambo. You'll be called all of them, you see that? And you'll get offended. But it's already told that you're going to That's why you got to prep your, yourself up and your loved ones before they get out there in this world. And that's why it's so important to contribute to this ministry because we got to put a school banquet halls, radio stations to go. Why? Why the school for? Because remember, your young grandbabies, as long as they keep getting indoctrinated in what they hear today out of the public school system, the Catholic church system, as long as they keep hearing that they're gonna be confused and they're not gonna have respect for one another. You know why? They're gonna be they're going to see an image in their head and got nothing to do with the Bible. The law, statutes, and commandments going to be totally done away with in their head. So they're not going to have no respect. They'll be all over the place. And that's why it's so important to donate contributions to this ministry. Because we need to, the land is already there. You got to buy it. South, east, north, west, or the triple site, and put a school up for these young grandbabies coming up. They need to hear this kind of word 
Because when they step out there in the society, they are, they're prepared. You know, they're prepared for what they own now. You can tell the way they feel now. And that's why they are out there. And they hidden. And guess where your grandbaby's at? Guess where he at? It was already Paul Sideway where you will be at. Not that it's read that, yo. Let's read what Paul Sideway where they're going to be at in the 40, 40, 42, $18, verse 25. Let me show you something. You know, in 700 BC, it was prophesied exactly where your your loved ones gonna be at. And all you gotta do now is go is go peek now and see how this prophecy came to pass. It's gonna tell you why this gonna happen to you too. And your preacher tell you, well, no, men gotta keep it because it's done away with. But we going to Isaiah 42, and we look at verse 18 down to verse 25, and you tell me who did fit. And this was told to Isaiah in 700 B.C. What was told to him, if we can read, 42, 18, and 25? What is that? Come on. The book of Isaiah, chapter 42, verse 18 through 25. Isaiah, chapter 42, verse 18. Hear you deaf, and look, you blind, that you may see. Verse 19. Who is blind but my servant? Or deaf as my messenger that I sent. Who is blind as he that is perfect, and blind as Yahweh's servant. Verse 20. See many things, but you observe not. Open the ears, but you hear not. Verse 21. Yahweh is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. Verse 22. But this is a people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes. They are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey and none delivered. For spoil and none save restore. Verse 23. Who among you will give ear to this? Who will hearken and hear for the time to come? Verse 24. Who gave Israel for spoil? Israel to the robber. Did not Yahweh? against whom we have sinned, but they would not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient unto his laws. Verse 25, Therefore you have poured upon him the fear of his anger and the strength of battle, and they have set him on fire round about, and he knew it not, and it burned him, and he laid it not till heart. And, and, and you, Adam, figure out the day that every time you go in a business deal or Something you do, something happens, always something happens. Y'all probably sound bunches, 12 tribes of Israel on every side. Uh, and he haven't, he haven't considered today what is causing him always to be the first, the last one high, the first one five. He, he haven't figured out that I burnt him on every side. And the reason why I burnt him on every side, read verse 24 again. No, no. But he's going to tell you why I burnt his 12 tribes of Israel on every side. Tell you why he did it in verse 24. Look at it say. The book of Isaiah 42, verse 24 reads, Who gave Israel for spoil, Israel to the robbers, did not Yahweh, against whom we have sinned, for they would not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient until the law. 
That is the reason you of the 12 tribes. Now, who did this? You go to any pillar institution, any place on the planet. When you go into the the front room, you see quieter than ever. But when they let you in the back, you will see a people stack like planks. Who in there? Who's them people stack like planks up in there? What what they look like? What they call themselves? Really? And they and they for a prey. And none say restore. Because and they not gonna be restored. The only way you will be restored is verse twenty one. Look at that twenty one. See, this is this what? See, you, you send Jesse Jackson, you send them all to the penitentiary, and they bring you that religion thing, right? Okay, so they bring you. So what don't happen? The penitentiary, the ones that run the penitentiary, they got houses so, so long, they, they use bullhorns to communicate around the house. Got a long pretty car with turtle wax on it. Because they don't understand. Yahweh has brought this on you. Look what he said. It's going to happen sooner or later in verse 21. He remember, he tell Isaiah this in 700 B.C. Isaiah was a sanitary right this. Because at that time, everybody knew who they were at that time in 700 B.C. But there was a prophecy to come. Verse 21, what's the hell? But Isaiah 42, verse 21 reads, Yahweh is well pleased for his righteousness' sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. But you go, you go to your 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 religious place. You you put all your your tithes, people that offer the donation. They tell your law done away with. I say, I'm gonna tell Isaiah, I'm gonna magnify this law. You ain't going nowhere without the law, statutes, and commandments. I'm gonna magnify it. But you go sit around your preacher. He tell you, well, no, that's done away with. Our Lord Jesus Christ tell nail that to the cross. You see that? Now go on over there and sit down there. And that's like go pay your tithes behind that. Now take double. I'm going to tell you. He's going to magnify this law. I'm going to tell you something. If you're not keeping the law, judging the commandments, well, we might read a little bit more later on. We've got so much to do. We're not throw you on it. And wait six nights a week. Three hour broadcast. Look at WCC saying, Sir, we are giving you a, a few extra minutes on the broadcast. We listen to that. Don't get puffed up. WCC, World Council Church. Let me tell you something. They they monitor broadcast, not that they want to hear what we say, but they want to catch those things. Some, but you don't catch nothing but this word. That's all you'll get. Now he said you will leave your name for a curse. Guess what? You have left your name for a curse. What do you identify with, Fernand? You identify with. African-American Negro, remember, you, remember in the 80s, Jesse Jackson and with um, Coretta Scott King and all the big dignitaries, they went down to Washington pick it, and piggybacked for that name called you African-American. They gave you two white man's names. Two white man's names. You identify with two white man's names. Leo CPO Africana, 202 B.C., he gave you that name. America Vance Coochie. He gave you that name. So when you call yourself African American, you call yourself behind two white men. You see what you did? Jesse Jackson them gave you that name. They went out there to White House and said, Look here, we want to be called African American. They said, Yes. 
you don't mind you saying that as long as you ain't called by this name. See, they don't, they don't care about you. They love when you be called African-American, Christian, Moor, and, and, and Jehovah Witness. They love that. Oh, but they don't want you to be called by this name in number 62227. Now, this is when they years go up. They love to hear you call yourself a Moor. I only mean a, a, a Spanish word for meaning black. They love to hear you call yourself a, a word. We're going to come up in a, in a few minutes and show you in the book. They love to hear that. As long as you don't use this name right here. This is the name that was given to you. And as long as you don't see this name in your head, they know they got time. Listen to what he told Moses to tell Aaron, and Aaron told Delilah to tell the children of Israel. And look, this name is so important that none of your pastors would ever show you this verse. But guess what? He gonna show it to you. It's up to you to show your confidence first for this. Six twenty-two out of verse twenty-seven number. What's the hell? Book of Numbers chapter six, verse twenty-two through twenty-seven reads. Numbers chapter six, verse number twenty-two reads. Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, verse twenty-three, speak unto Aaron and unto his son, saying, On this wise you shall bless. The family of Israel saying unto them, verse number 24, Yaqua bless thee and keep thee. Verse 25, Yaqua make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. Verse 26, Yaqua lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Verse 27, that you put my name upon the family of Israel and I will bless them. And put my name on the family of Israel, and I will bless them. That's one of the greatest mysteries in teaching on the family. The blessing is you carrying the name at the end of your name, Israel. The blessing is when you, whatever your government name is, okay, fine. You got to use that cash or check. Go and do that. Because you got written in 50 verse 16 17. Ain't nothing he got on the table he's going to accept anyway. So whether you go to the government or not and get your name changed or whatever, the Almighty said he ain't going to accept nothing from them anyway. Now look at the Latter-day Saints there. Now fear. Where that written at? It's written in the book of Psalms of Hills, 50, verse 16 and 17. That's written. The angel came down and told David. He said, David, you know, you tell him David a thousand BC. He says that, um, you will leave your name for a curse. But the people's going to give you another name. But tell you one thing. Whatever they got on the table, I ain't going to accept nothing they got on the table. I don't care what they got on the table. If they don't apply that book, look, look what he says. An angel come from heaven and told David at 1000 B.C. Look what he says in the 50th chapter, verse 16 and 17. This is what he says. The book of Psalms, chapter 50, verse number 16, verse 17, read. The book of Psalms, chapter 50, verse number 16, verse 17. The book of Psalms 50, verse number, Psalms 50, verse number 16, read. But unto the wicked, Yahweh said, what has you to do? 
and declare my statutes, that thou shouldest take my covenant in your mouth. Verse 17. Then you hated instruction and casteth my words behind you. You say, I'm to the wicked. What what do you got to do with my covenant, wicked? That's what he's saying. Now, see, but here's the point. You don't just leave that there without some precepts. So now you got to identify this wicked. See, here's the point. See, here go the game changer. That's why we say, listen, we want to broadcast, you know, loud, you know, call it all those kinds of things. Still, well, what's the title of the lesson? I, I don't know the title of the lesson. You listen to the lesson and whatever it fits, then you put the title on the lesson. Because we teach spirit land from 1019 and Luke 1212. 12. But you listen, if you listen carefully, you will find out the title is fit this lesson, case number 105 is this. Okay? So look what we, look what we do right now. The wicked. He said, wicked, what you got to do with my covenant in your mouth? You ain't supposed to have my covenant come out your mouth. See, now everybody else will leave that alone. But they're wicked. And you'll leave it like that. But guess what? Do you know what's written? By David, we come back here in a minute. He'll put a mark there. Okay, you got to come. Well, we come back here in a minute. He said, I'm to the wicked. What you got to do with my covenant? You should not even have my covenant even come out your mouth with it. Now, we go on to Psalms 119, verse 4. Matter of fact, read 1 and 4. Then we're going to skip down to 99, 100, and 104. Now, we're going to find, we're going to see if we find out what is he talking about by using the scripture. What you got to do with my covenant even come out your mouth with it. That's what he said, right? We're going to find out something. Let's go to uh, Psalms 119, verse 1, 4, 99, 100, 104. What is that? The book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse number 1, verse 4, verse 99. 100 and 104 reads, the book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse number 1 reads, Psalms 119, what it read verse up? number 1, Psalms 119, verse number 1, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of Yahweh, verse number 4, through that thou hast commanded us to keep Thy precepts diligently. Verse number 99. Psalm 119. Verse 99. Have more understanding than all my teachers. For thy covenant are my meditation. Verse number 100. Understand more than the ancient. Because I keep your precepts. Verse number 104. For thy precepts. I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. See, if your preacher's time before you and be not precepting your Bible according to Psalm 104, verse 14, is a false way. You can't explain what you want me to know, Mr. Preacher. I'm going to be just like you to explain what you're telling me. No, Mr. Preacher. You give me understanding through the precepts. Now, a thousand years later, here comes Isaiah again. After he pulled that verse from David, the angel came to him, the angel came to Isaiah to remind him. Remind him what in 28, verse 10 and 11 of Isaiah. What did the angel come 
to remind Isaiah the Caesar in the 28th chapter, verse 10 and 11. What is that out? The book of Isaiah, chapter 28, verse number 10 and 11. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty good. Isaiah 28, verse 10 and 11. Sounds pretty good. The book of Isaiah, chapter 28, verse number 10 and verse number 11 reads, Isaiah 28, verse 10. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Verse 11. But with a severed lip and another tongue, Will he speak to this people? Mm-hmm. Because you know, but think about standing with no tongue. Because you know you're going to lose your, your Yaquali tongue, and he wants to meet you in English. And, and he said, he got to meet you in English. So now, now, you can go do the Eliezer of Ben Yehuda 1940 if you want. Now he said, with standing lips and a no tongue, I'm going to catch up with you. I'm going to meet you whatever tongue I find you in, I'm going to get you right. But I got one requirement in this tongue I told a seal in Zephaniah 3, 8, and 10. I told a seal one thing that you, you know, you better have right. He told another seal. He said, well, stand on the lips and no tongue when I talk to his people. Now, he got talked to us in English. But one requirement he got, that you need to know. Zephaniah 3, 8, down to verse 10. What does that help? The book of Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse number 8 through 10 reads, book of Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse number 8 through 10. Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse number 8 reads, Therefore, wait you upon me, save Yahweh, until the day that I rise up to the praise, my determination is to gather the nation, that I may assemble the kingdom, to pour upon them my indignation, even all my fierce anger, for all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. Verse number nine, for then will I turn to the people a pure language, that they may call, that they may all call upon the name of Yahweh, to serve him with one consent. Verse number 10, from behind the river of Ethiopia, my surplant, even the daughters of my dispersed, shall bring my offering. Mm-hmm. He said, don't worry about what Ben Eliezer, Ben Yehuda did in 1948, when he took a, he took the, the Creole gumbo New Orleans and just put all bunch of stuff together. He put everything he can come up with and came up with a, a new Hebrew. He put, he done a gumbo on it. He mixed everything he came with, came up with. So he told, and you got brothers, they said, well, well, in the Hebrew, listen, brother, you don't even know what the Hebrew, Hebrew have no Bible. So he tell you, don't even worry about that. All you worry about one thing, you keep them law, sets and some commandments, and you got them four letters right. He said, when he get back, after he beat everybody up, then I'm going to turn you back to a pure language. So you're not going to get the pure language until he beat all these dignitaries up real good. 
Then you were all going to call on them four letters with one consent. Then you're going to give you the language. So you going on Eliezer Ben Yehuda gumbo that he produced in 1948. He put everything he can in that. He did like going down to New Orleans somewhere. So, you know, my grandma was the best uh, gumbo. Yeah, what's in that gumbo? Oh, she got fish heads in there. She got catfish heads in there. got shrimp, lobster, chicken heads, uh, all kind of celery and, and carrot sauce in there. God, duh. Y'all in there now? And what happened when you eat it? Yeah, my stomach got so messed up, man, I thought I was dying. I didn't know. You see that? So first of all, you eating something he told you not to eat anyway. See? You got rid of that in the bigger chapter 11, what to put in your mouth, what not to put in your mouth. Then you not use that. My grandma makes the best gumbo, New Orleans style. She from New Orleans, yeah? Gumbo. Same thing about the Elias of being Yehuda language. Every piece of language it is is mixed into that 1948. And that same thing about that gumbo soup you eat. Chicken head, catfish head in it, or shrimp, lobster. And he'll tell you in the big chapter 11, don't even touch that stuff. That's why we messed up today. You know why we're in bad shape today? You know, you know why we're seeing Doc Cook, right? You know we got all these problems in our body? You know why right now? Huh? Because you're not following what he told you to do. But you don't know who you are. And when you don't know who you are, everything will go for you. You have to dictate who you are. See, another thing about this um, good precept is, and then Yahweh tell you real uh, good about this good precept in there. You know? He said, look here, in the book of Nehemiah, now I'm struggling right now, you know, but he tell you something that, that that good precept is supposed to be done. On, on, uh, uh, but I'm struggling right now, you know, on this good precept in the book of Nehemiah, you know, but we're going we gonna, to we gonna get in, we can get in there. Um, Maldia Israel said, see why you suffering. Look at Maldia Israel. She said, turn to the ninth chapter and look at verse number 14 and 20. Maldia, Maldia Israel. Maldia Israel. What the Moses out of Cap 1? Hey, Maldia Israel. Yahweh, people that see right. Yahweh, bless you, see Israel of Sea Royal. Hallelujah, Yahweh. Hallelujah, Yahweh. But, you know, you know, that's why I say, you know, we got to do our job. So, let no fear know when he's struggling. He said, you should struggle a little bit. That's why I'm here. I'm one of the most out of camp one. So, if there's something going on, you know, you get in tight, I'll pull you out. That's a great thing. Now, let's read that. Uh, Elder, Nehemiah chapter 9. Verse number 14 and verse 20. Let's see, let's see when this good precept folks will go on that we can all read together. And tell me one thing. When you go to your establishment, do some good precepts and be going on. Hmm? That's how you get understanding. It will be no hard as long as you preach up your Bible. Let's see what God read in Nehemiah 9, verse 14 and verse 20. The book of Nehemiah, chapter 9, verse number 14, verse 20 reads. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 14. And made us known unto them by righteous Sabbaths, and commanded them precepts, statutes, laws, 
by the hand of Moses, your servant. Verse number 20. Thou gavest also thy good spirit to instruct them, and who held not thy manna from their mouth, and gavest them water for their thirst. He gave them that good spirit to instruct them. Instruct them what in verse 14? What, what was the good spirit from heaven sent down to do on the Sabbath day, elders? Hey, what was the good spirit uh, sent down to do on the Sabbath day in verse 14? The book of Nehemiah, chapter 9. Verse number 14 reads, And made this known unto them thy righteous Sabbath, commanded them precepts, statutes, laws, by the hand of Moses, thy servant. You see that? You got, you got a lot of, you got a lot of, they, they keep the, they keep like Pastor Joel with it. They keep the Sabbath day, but they're the Lord God and Jesus and everything else. Wait a minute. Where am I getting the precept, Mr. Preacher? Hey, Mr. Preacher. What happened to the part about the precepts in the Bible? You 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 forgot that part, didn't you? You know why? Because you precept the Bible, a hand will come out that Bible and choke you around your neck because you know you've been misteaching everybody. That's why they don't precept their Bible. Because you know why? When you precept the Bible, it tells the story. But as long as you let somebody read to you something, then tell you what somebody told him, then you're always going to be in a, in a confusion. But he told you, he's not the author of convenience. You'll tell you what to do. Anybody stand before you must precept the Bible. That's how you get understanding. Especially on the Sabbath day. See? So if you ain't precepting the Bible, you're going to run through some confusion. You'll be in a shout match. You know why you're in a shout match? Because he ain't going to precept and you don't know how to precept because you're going to have to camp from the get-go. See because you found out right now, according to the 19 verse 20 of St. John, it wasn't no such name as our Lord Jesus Christ or Jehovah. The name didn't even exist. The name came after 96 AD. If any name comes after the out, it violates against the scripture. On the name he tell you, you got to see right. Read one more time, yo. What name he tell you, you got to have right. Zachariah 3, 8 down to verse 10. You ain't got to worry about Eliezer being Yehuda or the Lord learning Greek, Latin, Hebrew. You ain't got to do none of that. You got to keep the law, statutes, and commandments. He told us still, Zachariah put it in writing. 3, 8 down to verse 10. And you don't care where you at. Beyond Ethiopia means beast. That means only a word called from the Greeks called atheos would mean black people. That's all the word Ethiopian means. It's not a race of people. It only means the color of the people. It's not the word Ethiopian means. It ain't got nothing to do with a people. That's again bad teaching again. The word comes from a Greek word called atheos. Burnt face people. What people? You. That's all the word means. Oh, that's a cold word to throw you off. But it talks about you. Remember the four rivers over there in 213 of, uh, if you wanted to cover the whole land of Ethiopia, it means cover the whole land of them black folks. That was really mean. But they ain't going to tell you that. They'll come up with a word called Ethiopia. So what's that word mean? Oh, that's the, oh, then they, they go high society. Oh, that's the Greek word meaning Ethiopia, which means burnt face people. Why you going to go through all that? 
if you talk about the black folks that, that look like the dust in the ground with mud, with water, then you run just say that. Well, if you do that, then you won't, then you won't, you want to continue doing what you're doing. So we got to deceive you. <laughs> that's how they deceive you. That's why you got, that's why you look at the picture called Caesar Boy J. And that's in your mind. That picture's in your mind. White man Jesus. In your mind. White man Jesus. No, not according to the Bible. See, that's another lesson too. See, when you violated against the scripture, when you walked away from the law, statutes, and commandments, and you lost your identity, your way, we come to 69 verse 4 you now. We come to 69 verse 4 you now. Hey, 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 what are we going to do in 69 verse 4 Psalm? The book of Psalm 69. Verse number four read. And that ain't me without a call. What are we coming to do in 69 verse 4? A song. I'm going to delay, the Joe. Book of the book of Psalms, chapter 69, verse number 4 read. Psalm 69, verse 4. And that hate me without a cause, more than the hairs of my head. And that will destroy me. That those that will destroy me, being my enemies wrongfully, are mighty. Then I restore that which I took not away. See this? He says, if they if they get their hands, they if they get their hands on you, they want to destroy you. Why are you want to destroy? He says, the six million count we ought to come to restore back what I took not away. The reason why we're in a condition is because we sin against the right one. We try to tell you, if you reverse that sin, understand who you really are and who you're not. And understand that you are a different people from the people that run things. You got to understand, you are different people. You, you don't have their makeup. And that's the reason you got all these diseases in your body. Because we like to walk like them, talk like them, look like them, and go to all these big institutions, right? And then we wonder why we always got to have Doc Cook on our feet now. Because you, because you're different. You were made different. But when you go to hear them, they give you the same medicine for everybody. One medicine for everybody. But you, you, you never told you you were different. You got different makeup there in the other nations. You have special laws, statutes, and commandments that's written on, on the food that you eat and the food that you don't eat. You know what? Because it, it, it was something that was said about it. We might take care of it a little bit later. But right now, I'm going to finish this off. I'm going to just put a note of that. I'm going to come back to Daniel. I'm going to come back to Daniel chapter 1, verse 3 down to verse 16. I'm about to get it now. I'm going to come back to it. Yes, yeah, yeah, come back to this in a minute. Because the reason why we, we got Doc Cook on our feed dial because everything that you eat, it ain't got nothing to do with the body. And then we're going to take care of Paul was put in a vision to tell you some things that when it's all said and done, but you will put in your mouth too. Paul ain't nobody. He was put in a vision. He tried to run from it in the vision of Paul. We'll get to that later. Remember, we on the, the airway six nights a week. And the WCC said, see how much you talk as long as you want to go. We're going to catch you with something. So we won't go way past nine o'clock. Okay? That's why we tell you the harvest is plenty, but the labor is few. See, 
I'm always ready to take after Yahweh's business. You will catch us only in the more words. And we know sooner or later, all the big dignitaries from the WCC World Council Church, the Latter-day Saints Committee Board out there in Utah, from the Committee Board of that Roman Catholic Church, I hear about Big Timothy Dole. Sooner or later, you look for the bosses of the two of life, and we're going to be waiting for you to hear. Jacob, and another shall subscribe with his hands 
unto Yahweh and surname himself by the name of Israel. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, um, I, I, I didn't hit verse four because I, I got interrupted by big dignitaries. They they uh closed my ears for a minute to give me a message. So uh, would you read uh, verse four again, back and say and growing with sorry verse four again, four and five again. The book of Isaiah 44, verse number 4, verse number 5 reads, Isaiah 44, verse 4, And it shall spring up as among the grass, as willows by the water courses. Verse 5, One shall say, I am Yaquah, and another shall call himself by the name of Jacob, and another shall subscribe and hit with his hand unto Yaquah, and surname himself by the name of Israel. He said, he said, what you going to do? He said, you're going to finally wake up and say, look here. I found out in Isaiah, uh, in Psalm 50, verse 16 and 17, that um, regardless if they legally change your name and they mind saying, God, why are going to accept it anyway? He's going to accept it by you on your own, putting the name, whatever your name is now, but the end of your name, call yourself Israel. Whatever your name is, whether the government change your name or not. He said, but the end of your name, you put Israel there. He said, you're going to surname yourself by the name of Israel. That means your name might be Betty, uh, Betty William Jake. Okay, that's a good. Now put Israel behind. Now put Israel there. Whatever your name is, but the end of your name, put Israel. He said, you're going to wake up and start surnaming yourself Israel. You might try to get it, you know, in the world, but remember, keep one thing in your mind, please be clear. Ain't nothing that the wicked have got in right that Yahweh going to accept. Ain't nothing going to accept anyway. Nothing. Uh, we know that. We just read it in 50, verse 16, 17. So you ain't got nothing. You got everything you got legal is for the world. But you ain't got nothing legal according to Yahweh. Matter of fact, um, hey, uh, pull up, um, what is, what, pull up, um, what is, what's the marriage? What is the rings come from? You know, put the ring on yourself. Well, who gave, who gave you that? Who, who, who gave, who gave you that anyway? Where you get that from? Where you get, where you get that ring on your finger from? Where you get it from? You get it from the Bible, or did you get it from somebody else? That ring on your finger, and that certificate you got called a marriage license. Where did you get it from? How do you get it? Is it from the Bible? Where did that ring come from? What's the object of the marriage ring? Let the word here for you to understand one thing. That marriage ring you got on your finger, is it accepted by Yahweh or is it accepted by man in this world? Let the elder go bring up historical documents facts on the marriage ring. Where did it come from? Hey, Elder, where did it come from, Elder? Let's, let's put that on the table real quick. Come on. One second. Okay, I keep talking. Tell me when you're ready. Hallelujah, Father. So you understand one thing. You remember when we read in 50 verse 16 and 17, he said, Wicked, what do you got to do with my covenant? If you ain't going to do right, you should not have my covenant going out of your mouth. So the wicked cannot be. Assembly make nothing right. Even 
that marriage, the gifted you got with that ring, who is you married to? The world or are you married to Yahweh? Which one? We're going to let you hear plainly where that marriage ring comes from. And remember we read in Numbers chapter 15, 15 and 16? He said, one law, as you are so to the stranger. He got how you get married, of course, in the Bible. So what marriage you got? That ring you got on your finger. Is it accepted by Yahweh or is it accepted by man? Let's find where it came from. Come on, yo. I'm looking at a online uh, website, History of the Wedding Ring, and it reads, Not many people know the history of the wedding rings. Up there with the white dress and the bouquet, the wedding ring may be the most universal recognizable symbol of marriage. But unlike wilting flowers and yellow dresses, wedding rings last forever. Let's see if I can get to the cross. There's there's archaeological evidence to suggest that ancient Egypt were exchanging wedding rings as far back as 4000 BC. Some difference appeared compared to modern wedding rings tradition. For one thing, the rings were likely made from reeds, leather, bone, or similar material, rather than metals and rare gemstones. Mm-hmm. So, it, so we found the origin of the wedding ring came from Egypt. Now, who picked up on that? Who picked up on that, Elder? Let's see. Let's see if we find out who picked up on that right there. Let's see if we find out what did the Roman Catholic Church or the Romans do? What did ancient Rome do after they took control of Egypt? What did they pick up about the marriage ring? What did they do? And that not only that. They start talking about even what finger to put it on. So let's see what the Romans did even have you to tell you what finger to put it on. Let's see if we find any history on that, Elder. Come on. The history of the wedding ring. In today's society, exchanging wedding rings is very popular among Christian weddings. Weddings of different religions and indeed also known religious Non-religious services. However, did you know that there is no biblical scripture that instructs people to wear wedding rings? The tradition of exchanging wedding rings can be traced back to ancient Rome. However, unlike the exchange of rings in today's marriage ceremonies, rings were not exchanged between partners as they get married. Instead, Roman men would present a ring to the bride's father as a symbol of purchase. Read that again. Matter of fact, the WCC just said, oh, that again. Hey, yo, read that again. I mean, now, now WCC, I agree with you on that one. Let's see that again. You remember when we read in number 15, 15, and 16, and 29? He said, as you are children of Israel, so to the strangers be. You can't follow the strangers. He said, you gave your hands up. So you got this great big building. Uh, big man, little man, put all their money in the bottom of the ring. Bow this knees out with the ring and put on your what finger again, and all that's coming from taking them on. He 
He told you, number 15, 15, 16, you can't be like them. They got to be like you. That ain't the way you got married in this Bible. That's what you picked up according to the dishes of me. And it will get ready to read again exactly where that comes from. So those, those with the understanding of thinking you legally married in, in the world, yeah, but you're not legally married in your what? And you got to please him to get you where you got to get you. Your marriage got to line up with this Bible, not with the decisions of me. Read it again from Rome what they did, and not only that, they didn't even tell you what finger to put it on. You didn't get that from the Bible either. You got that from the teachings of Rome. That would make you a Roman Catholic Christian today. That teaching been passed down from Ancient Rome. The tradition of exchanging wedding rings can be traced back to ancient Rome. However, unlike the exchanging of the exchange of rings in today's marriage ceremonies, rings were not exchanged between partners as they get got married. Instead, Roman men would present a ring to the bride's father as a symbol of purchase. Hey, yo, I, I need a little bit more about yo, about where did the origin about what thing to put it on? Where it come from? You know, they they tell you about you ain't got your ring on the right finger, and you tell you tell the burly man to put his ring on her finger on certain things. Where that come from? Uh, let's see if we give her a history on where that that certain finger came from. That you see, they specifically make a certain finger. They put the ring on. He put it on her hand on certain certain bangers, and she put it on his hand on certain things. Where that come from, else? Most people in Western Hemisphere and parts of Europe wear their wedding rings on the ring finger of their left hand. Part of this tradition, thanks to the Vigna Amores, but there's likely a Unitarian angel to this as well. Many people are right-handed, so it makes sense to wear your multi-thousand-dollar ring on a hand that isn't quite as active. But the fourth finger on the left hand isn't totally universal. In some countries, for example, couples tend to wear their wedding rings on their right hand. This holds true for Russia, Poland, Norway, Austria, Denmark, Lithuania, Bulgaria, Ukraine, Spain and India. Greek couples have traditionally worn rings on the right hand, but left hand rings are becoming more prevalent. Ain't that something? Ain't that something? You see that? Now you think, so, you remember we read in 50, verse 16 and 17? Now he just, he just, he come over to the Greek, now the Romans, he was some Greeks he's talking about. Said now, he said something to David in the thousand BC. He said He said something in thousand BC. He made a statement at one thousand BC. He made a statement. A big a big time statement that he made. Now so his phone Everything want to get busy, not when we going going for the knockout blow. So you see, we we come to help you. And I'll tell you something. 
Where are you trying to get to? He got a plan and written that you're not going to get there unless you obey the scripture. So you don't have a legal marriage according to the Bible. Your legal marriage is according to the Romans that you have now. The ring when and what thing in the phone, it comes from Mark chapter 7, 6 through 10 and 13. But you be clear now. We're going to read where it comes from. Mark chapter 7, 16 and 13. Listen what they ought to get ready to bring out. I know we read it already, but he said, now read it again. Don't understand. You look, at me, look on your hand right now. You see that ring on your finger? Okay, good. But this is where it comes from. Mark chapter 7, verse 6, down to verse 9, and 13. Come on, the book of Mark, chapter 7, verse 6 to 9, and verse 13 reads, Mark, chapter 7, verse number 6. He has to say unto them, Where have Isaiah prophesied to you, hypocrites, as it is written? The people honor me with their lips, but their mind is far from me. Verse 7. Howbeit in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. Verse 8. For they inside the commandments of Yahweh, you hold the traditions of men as the washing of pots, cups, and many other such like things you do. Verse number nine. And, and he did, and he said unto them, For well you reject the commandments of Yahweh, that you may keep your own tradition. Verse 13. Making the word of Yahweh of none effect through your traditions, which you have delivered, and many such like things. Do you? You see that? You see that? What you're doing is called the traditions of men. And the men you're doing it is the Roman Catholic Church. They the ones who the society of your marriage rings, and they got it from the Egyptian mirrorland. Bible weddings have nothing to do with what you got on your finger today. Nothing. That's traditions of men. Now we're going back to the 50th chapter again, and we're going to look at what he said. Now we're going to tie in again, because he ought to brought a name out called the Greeks and the Romans. They don't want to set it up. But let's see what, what he told David, the titles that they're going to be carrying. Yeah, we're going to break it down and put it right in your lap before you look at it clear. We're going back to the 50th chapter and bring for 16 and 17. Now we're going to precept and show you exactly who this man is today. His position, according to the Bible in the thousand BC. Psalm 50, 16 and 17. What's that? Look at Psalm 50, verse 16 and verse 17 reads. Psalm 50, verse 16. But unto the wicked, Yahweh said, What has thou to do? To declare my statute, or that thou shouldest take my covenant in your mouth. Verse 17. Seeing thou hatest instruction, and castest my words behind you. You see, you say, I'm to the wicked. Now, look, you see, you say, I'm to the wicked. Now, do you know what you're going to do? Now, we're going to preach up that. And we're going to find out more about this wicked. You're going to find out we ain't doing it. We're going to continue reading. Keep continue reading about the wicked. Now we're going to continue reading down to verse 21. 
listen to what he's saying, unto the wicked. Why you got my covenant in your mouth, period, wicked? That's what he said, right? That's fine what he's talking about. Watch this. In a thousand BC, we're going to identify the wicked. Continue reading. Verse number 18. When thou sawest a thief, that thou consented with him, and hast been partaken with adulterers. Verse number 19. Thou gavest thy mouth to evil, and thy tongue framed deceit. Verse 20. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother, thou slanderest thy own mother's son. Verse 21. These things as thou done, and I kept silent. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such a one as thyself. But I will reprove thee and set them in order before thine eyes. Hey, that's not. Did you hear that? Come back and read verse 21 again, Leo. Did you hear the man say it? Now, remember, this is the angel talking in 1000 BC to David. Listen to what he says. Verse 21. The book of Psalm 50, verse 21. These things have thou done, and I kept silent. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such a one as thyself. But I will reprove thee and set them in order before thine eyes. Uh, so, so see what it see what will happen, and of course the first Maccabees of 348, see, you thought I'll see. Today, you think that he's this person when he's another person. You don't know what they did on the checkout book. Uh, they did something in First Maccabees 3.48. Did you know they did something? They had it in writing that what they was going to do. It was a prophecy what they were going to do. But they done it. What did they do in First Maccabees 3.48? Hey, yo, what did they do in First Maccabees 3.48? What did they do? Book of First Maccabees 3. Verse 48 reads, And they opened the book of the law, wherein the heathen sought to paint the likeness of their images. Ain't that something? Ain't that something? They went in your book, and they changed the picture and put the likeness of themselves in there. You see what it is? They went to your book. They got your record. And painted the likeness of himself in there. And that's why when you go to any establishment now, they don't start taking down now. Because now the gig is up. You see white man Jesus, white man, um, white woman Mary, white baby Jesus, right? Everywhere. That's in your mind now. Now they don't chuck away from you now. You need now is already here. So these were boy there. His father had his son painted. No? That's these aboard they pictures. They it was prophesied that this is what they were gonna do. They're gonna paint the likeness and then you go into the Renaissance year and they got it showing you found it. They taking your picture and paint over it. White watch. It's in your mind now. White man Jesus. White Mary and white baby Jesus. All in your mind. You got degrees everywhere. But it's in your mind now. Jacked up in your mind now. But it was prophesied that it was going to happen to you. Yes? Now, when you think about, when you sit there and pray today, 
that image of white man Jesus is all in your head. It's in your mama's head. It's in your auntie's head. White man Jesus. Because they never read in Maccabees 348. It was prophesied they were going to do it. But who's the day was going to do it? We're going to find out. We're going to back up and see who is today. See, the Bible will tell you who today is. All we got to do is go back and read 1 verse 8 down to verse 11. And then you're going to find out somebody else going to come in there with it, kick it around, and that's going to be your minister today. That was prophesied. First Maccabees, chapter 1, pick up 8 down to verse 11. Let's see what, what really happened that we can read ourselves. First Maccabees, chapter 1, 8 down to verse 11. What does that mean? The book of First Maccabees, chapter 1, verse number 8 through 11 reads. Book of First Maccabees, chapter 1. Verse number 8. Verse Maccabees 1. Verse number 8. And his servants bear rule everyone in his place. Verse number 9. And after his death, they all put crowns upon themselves, so that their sons after them many years, and evil was multiplied in the earth. Verse number 10. There came out of them a wicked root. Antiochus, surnamed Epiphanes, son of Antiochus the king, who had been a hostage at Rome, and he reigned in the hundred and seven years of the kingdom of the Greeks, five sons of Esau, verse 11. In those days went there out of Israel wicked men who persuaded many saying, Let us go and make a covenant with the Five sons of Esau that are round about us. For since we departed from them, we have had much sorrow. Ain't that something? Ain't that something? Y'all hear that? But, see, but then you got wicked Israelites. Yeah. Because this color looked like yellow and brown, light brown, dark brown, dark brown. No, 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 no. You got to watch it from page of the book. Because you had wicked Israelites. So look here. The wicked. Evil. Now, look. It's the evil multiplied on the face. Evil. Them four big jumps. We ain't getting off into that. But what did the Israelites do? Do the Benjamin Levi to Simeon. You got some that was in the group saying, let's, let's go and make a covenant with him. Oh, no. Did you, did you, did you recall what the angels told uh, Joshua? In the book of uh, Judges 2, 1, 2, and 3. I mean, hey, hey, you, we ain't calling your name yet, Mr. Preacher. Listen, do you know this ring? That they, it's wicked Israelites saying, let's go make a covenant with the nation. Esau and his five sons. Translate today as the white man and the white woman. Is that what it said? Then all the nation got in with it. But do you know what the angel came from heaven and told to the children of Israel? He came from heaven. He hymns up Joshua, taking over Moses in the second chapter 2, 1, 2, and 3. Let's, let's read what he said to do and not to do. 2, 1, 2, and 3, what's the hell? The book of Joshua, 
chapter 2, verse number 1, 2, and 3 reads. Book of Joshua, chapter 2, verse number 1 reads. And Joshua, Oshia, the son of Nun, sent out of Sittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Verse number two. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. Verse number three. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rehab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was excellent. I mean, we, we could see down that road. That was real excellent, you know? But, I mean, that was excellent. We can't, we can't take that around with, but let's back up to Judges 2, 1, 2, and 3. Now, we can't take that around with, because that's part of the truth. But we can look at Judges chapter 2, 1, 2, and 3, real chapter. Judges chapter 2, 1, 2, and 3. Let's talk about it here. Book of Judges, chapter 2, verse 1, 2, and 3 reads. Judges 2, verse 1. And the angel of Yahweh came up from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I made you go up out of Egypt, and I brought you unto the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I would never break my covenant with you. Verse number 2. And you shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. You shall throw down their altars. You have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Verse number three. For for I also said, I will not drive out, I will not drive them out from before you, for they shall be as thorns in your side, and their false quads shall be a snare unto you. And, and, and when they heard all that, what did they do in verse four? Now, what did they do in verse four? When all that talk told you. Children of twelve tribes of Israel, make no league with the inhabitants of the land. You may live with them by not knowing the marriage of the body. You may live with them. He said not to do it. Let's see what they did in verse four. Judges two, verse four. And it came to pass when the angel of Yahweh spake these words unto all the family of Israel, that the people lifted up their voice and wept. I don't know. And they start, and that's why I tell a lot of you young parents, when you got these little bad tail kids, and then now you got three of them running around, say, who tore that up? Then one come running before you get out the car. Mama, I didn't do it. No, I didn't do it. Just crying up storm. That's the one you whoop first. You get the one that's going to break out crying. And said, Mama, when you get in the house, I didn't do it. No, it was me. Just cry for stuff. What's wrong, baby? Cry for stuff. When they get in the house, it's God, no. But see, one of them got they were, they bricky and all this. I didn't do it. That's the one you whoop. The one that starts crying first, that's the one you whoop. Get them good, too. That's what Israel did. Children of Israel. When the angel told, that big thing in in the book of Judges, what not to do, he told the people, they don't know what not to do. 
Because they start doing, they start crying. He said, you're going to make no leave with us. Remember, in Malachi 3, verse 6, Hebrews 13, verse 8, he the same today, yesterday, and forever. You are made a marriage agreement with them. That ring on your finger, you can get from the Bible. The way of marriage in the Bible is totally different from making a league with and having a life. So your marriage, in the eyes of this man we give me to read, is legal. But in the Bible, it's according to the Bible. And you know what he got written in verse 35, verse 8 of Isaiah? Do you know what he got written? What you mean, rather day thing? Well, what is written? Well, we'll find out. What is, what is he got written, L, in 35, verse 8? I don't know. I just got first of came. 35 verse 8. I don't know. What he got written in Isaiah 35 verse 8? Book of Isaiah 35, verse number 8 reads. Book of Isaiah 35, verse number 8. And the highway shall be there, and the way, and it shall be called the way of righteousness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, so food shall not error therein. You say, so being good ain't going to get you where you got to get to. He said, ain't no food going to get what you're trying to get to. He said, a highway going to be there, and we, we read early, it's going to be a solitary place in the wilderness where the temple was in and all that stuff we can get off of that. He's going to tell you something to get there. Ain't no fools getting there. That means you have to have your mind right on what this Bible says, not what the dishes of men have told you. Ain't no fools getting there. Well, look at WCC saying. Well, see, well, how do we get out from under that? Well, according to the Bible, if ain't no fools getting there, it's something we got to do then. Let's find out what we got to do. I mean, we read it earlier, but you got to do what you want to be a breeze again. There ain't no fools gonna get there. So something we got to do. So what we gonna find out? Okay, let's find out. Let's go to let's see what he said in Luke twenty four. Let's find what he said about no fools gonna get there. What so what we gotta do for us to not to be a fool? Well find out. Let's go to the twenty fourth chapter, verse fifteen, and we'll find out. Something is going on. Let's read a couple of verses, 15 and 16, just to get more. No, 15 down to verse 17. Let's, let's, let's see what it says and get this conversation going on in Luke 24, 15, verse 17. What does it say, Earl? Book of Luke, chapter 24, verse number 15 to 17 reads. Book of Luke 24, verse number 15. And it came to pass. And while they communed together and reasoned, Jacquard the son himself drew near and went with them. Verse 16. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. Verse number 17. He said unto them, What manner of communication are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? He said, Why y'all so sad? What's wrong? He said, Why y'all walking and so sad? And all that good stuff. He said, what's wrong with y'all? Why y'all so sad? What kind of communication just come out of y'all mouth that got y'all so sad? 
Okay, let's see what they said in verse 20 and 21. Verse number 20. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. Verse 21. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. Besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't hear verse 20. Like I said, I heard it. So you, you mean... uh. But, you know, in the teaching today of, you know, modern whatever, he came to redeem the whole world. But but, but here he's talking to the man. They talking to this man. He listened to him. Yahweh the son. But the eyewitness says, no, he didn't come redeem. He didn't come redeem the whole world. And somebody delivered him up in verse 20. But we found out that the people of the book understood purpose of him coming, and we're going to read it again in verse 20 and 21. Listen to what they said, his purpose of coming. Verse 20 and 21 again. The book of Luke, chapter 24, verse number 20, verse 21. Verse 20, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and have crucified him. Verse 21, but we trusted that it had been he we should have redeemed Israel. And besides all of this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yeah. So the eyewitness understood that he came to redeem Israel. But, you know, in the teaching today, it, it, he came for everybody. Well, not, not according to the eyewitness. And uh, we trusted, now they're telling him, we trusted that him was to redeem Israel. Now, if that was wrong, he would have correct them. But let's see what he, let's see what he said to them. He said, "No, I come redeem the whole world." No. He now they, he listened to them, but now he don't got tired of them talking. Now he don't got tired of them talking. Now he don't got tired of it. Now look what he said in verse twenty-five of this. After they have, they have talked up, now he said, "I'm." You know how you tell your, your kids that you that's enough talk, technical way of getting that drop on you. It's not it's up to you. Continue on you want, but you just that close of getting this drop. It's up to you. Now y'all quite tired of them. Let me say verse twenty-five. We're gonna look twenty-four, verse twenty-five. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of mind to believe all that the seers have spoken. You see the man told him, you see him, he called him a fool. He said, you know what makes you a fool? Not to believe all that the seer has spoken. So you see the man is saying, that's what he's saying. He didn't say all that he has said. He says in 25, then he said unto them, oh, fools, slow in mind to believe all that the seer has spoken. You know why he said that? Do you know why he said that? Luke 1, verse 40. Let me show you why he said that. That's why he said that. Luke chapter 1, verse 40. Luke chapter 1, verse 40. Mm-hmm. That sounds make it, make it sense. Thank you. Thank you. One verse 10. Yeah, one verse 10. Luke chapter 1. 
Verse number 70 reads, As he spake by the mouth of his righteous fears, which have been since the world began. Because that's one of the greatest misses in teaching, how Yahweh speaks by his righteous fears since the world began. So when he asks him to say the name, that's how he operates. That's how he operates. Then, he went on to heaven, 318, down to verse 21. Then he went on to heaven. And he, he left you something out there to do once you understand the thing. He left verse 19, but they would read 821, then read 19. So he left something open for you. Now, he's back in heaven. But this is what the, the one that was learning to say to you. 318, 21, then read verse 19. Listen good for you. What is it say else? The book of Acts 3, verse 18, and verse 21 reads, Acts chapter 3, verse number 18, But those things which Yahweh before have showed by the mouth of, his, of all his fears, that Yahweh the Son should suffer, he has so fulfilled. Verse 21, whom the heaven must receive until the time of the restitution of all things, which Yahweh has spoken by the mouth of all his righteous seers since the world began. Verse 19. Verse number 19 reads, Repent you therefore and be converted, that your sin may be blotted out, when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of Yahweh. Ain't that something? So he got, he got left from you to repent now. So now you see how when he spoke since the world began, he spoke by his righteous spirit. That's how he spoke since the world began. Then once you find that out, he said, now you got to repent. Now you got something that's going to hit it that ain't going to hit it. But then in Acts chapter 5, verse 37, see, this was not a chief figure making this way. He had to take a take a shot at this too. Because I'm just going to ask chapter five. So sometimes when you hear this thing, you got to understand something. You got to make a Bible decision. I mean, you, I mean, our job is to put it out there and put it in writing. But in Acts chapter five, when the people heard these things, let's see what we're saying now. This thing was a continuation. We're going to find what we're saying. We're going to ask chapter five. No, I'll make it that you can get them all day up as well. Chapter 2. Acts 2. Uh, 2. And we'll pick it up verse 38. 237. Uh, Acts 2. 37. 38. The book of Acts. The book of Acts chapter 2. Verse number 37. And verse 38 reads. Acts chapter 2. Verse 37. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their mind, said unto Peter, to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38. Mm -hmm. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Yahweh the Son, for the remission of sin. You shall receive the gift of the righteous spirit. So you gotta repent now. That's what you gotta do. You gotta repent. You gotta repent. You have denounced all that stuff you have ever heard. You have denounced it. You have repent. That's what you have to do. All that stuff you have learned, 
And we're going to tell you what you have in mind. You got to, then we read in 2 Thessalonians 14, 34, you got to pick all, all the degrees you got. You got to kick it up on the bed somewhere. It ain't going to work. When somebody come up on you from the 6th and camp and open the book up on you, it ain't going to work. And 
What it says, Ken Tucker, I was going to beat this a little bit. I was going to beat it a little bit. See what, you know what Peter said? We are the witness. 39, what it say? 1039. The book of Acts 10, verse 39 reads, And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of Yachtah Judah, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. <laughs> so you see, again, again, he told you who the witness is. Again, he told you in verse 39 who the witness is. Yeah. So you got a great big old organization out there. They said they the witness. I beg the difference. Let's see what the Bible says. Now we're going by who this guy is saying he the witness is. Now we're going back. And we'll pick it up at verse number 10, 10 chapter. And we're going, and we're going to look at verse number 24. Let me just pick it up at verse 24. Now, you want, now, now remember, this guy, Peter, kept on saying, we are the witness. He's he saying, we are the witness. Oh, Peter got it. So who is you, Peter, be talking this talk about you are the witness? And we got a great big organization now calling themselves the witness. Let's see, what, let's see what's going on in verse 25. Let's read a little bit. 10, 24, we read a little bit to find out who this God do this great big talk. Come on. The book of Acts, chapter 10, verse number 24 reads, Acts 10, verse 24. And the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them, and called together his kinsmen and near friends, Verse 25, now Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Verse 26, but Peter took him up saying, stand up, I myself also am a man. Verse 27, now as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. Verse 28, and he said unto them, you know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man. That is of Yadah Judah. To keep company or come unto another nation. For Yahweh have showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. What what did uh what did Peter say he, 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 he what did Peter say? Peter called his nationality. Did you hear what Peter said? He called out his nationality. You know what I said, we are the witnesses? Did you know Peter just called out his nationality right there in verse 28? And he said, it's unlawful to keep company with any other nation. That's a big company. But Peter just called out his nationality. Oh, why did he do that? We'll find out. We'll find out that too. Verse 28 again. The book of Acts 10, verse 28 reads, And he said unto them, You know how that it is an unlawful thing. For a man that is of Yachtah Judah to keep company or come unto a one of another nation. But Yahweh has showed me that I should not call any man coming or unclean. Hmm. He said, he said, I'm from Yachtah Judah. I'm from the tribe of Judah. And Judah can't keep company with any other nation. Did you know what Paul just called Peter the same word? He said he's from, now guess what? Somebody's going to address that and, and put a precept there. Do you remember? 
when you preach up your Bible, it's a game changer. Now, Peter said something. It's unlawful for a man that was from the tribe of Judah to keep company with any other nation. Now, that's what he said. He identified. But why did he do that? We're going to Galatians for a minute there, Ill. We're going to Galatians chapter 2. And we're going to find out that somebody else identified. See what was going on in Galatians chapter 2. Now remember, it's Yahweh the Son back in heaven. Now, we're going to find out something on the way to find out something. We're going to Galatians chapter 2. And we'll pick it verse 8. And that's why we tell those that do the CDs all over the country. Well, look to the lesson. What does this lesson best fit? That will be your title to it. So we don't know what title to put on a lesson. No, we don't know. You know why we don't know? Because we don't know what we're running to. Because we teach from Matthew 10, 19 and Luke 12, 12. As the Spirit give us utterance, that's how we teach on Because remember, we teach it all over the world. If there was 900,000 on the international side, all over the world, listen, we don't know what we're going to say. But i tell you one thing. If you listen to the lesson real carefully, you'll come up with a title to put on the CE. So whatever, DVE, whatever it is, I don't know. Put a title on it. Listen to the lesson. What, what, was, what did you get out of it? And that's the title of the lesson. What you got out of it, that was the label for be about. That's why you got to come, you know, bright eyes, bushy tail, put them books out, put them pins down, put them pins in your hand, and open that book up, and let, and let it let it flow. And guess what? You really help yourself and those that come in contact with you. But remember one thing. You never try to win the bump the gum contest. Nope. All that you had a bump the gum contest. And when it comes up the mail, put a verse on it. Shut them down. Because you do you know what when you put a verse on you know what do you know what happens in the Bible? Let me show you what happened. Let me come back in a minute. Yo. Let me show you what happened in Hebrews 4 verse 12. Let me show you what happened. If you just don't try to win the bump of God, leave that alone. Let me show you what's gonna happen in Acts. I mean Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. This is what's gonna happen. And you bat me witness when it happens, then you say, oh, the book of Hebrews, what does it say here? Book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse number 12 reads, For the word of Yahweh is quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the divine thunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the mind. He said, the word of Yahweh will cut you. It'll cut, it'll cut your preacher so bad in his knees. He will know what to do. When you put that, well, 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 well preacher, what do this verse where he say? See, you be trying to win the bump the gong contest with, with the intellect. No. Let him have the bump the gong contest. Then take it back to his book. Peter said he's from the tribe of Judah. He says, I'm lawful for a man from the tribe of Judah to keep company with any other nation. But why did he identify his nationality? Why did he do that? He's going to find out. He's going to find out in a minute. Let's go back now. The word will cut you. Because the word going to draw you or it's going to drive you. 
But one thing I know the word is going to do, it's going to expose you. You're going to see exactly who you've been paying your money to. When you put that word on, you will see that spirit come out. That spirit going to come where all of their mind to do is just jack you up. You see? And you had a game sales around, they're going to jack you up too. Only when you show them the body. Wait a minute. I thought this was about the Bible. I didn't know this was about the dishes of men. That never going to happen. And you'll be surprised. Your greatest defeat is come. It's going to come from the closing one too. That's going to be your greatest defeat. When you show them what the Bible says, you're going to hear it. Where do you get that from? Where do you learn? See? You get all copies. I'll tell you your point. Now, let's go back to Apostle Paul now. Now, Paul was raised from the womb according to 1, 15 and 16. What happened in uh, read Grace in 1, 15 and 16? Let's, let's, let's bring up Paul's resume first. 1, 15, and 16. Hey, I want to say it 1, 15 and 16. Who is Paul? The book of Galatians, chapter 1. Verse number 15, verse 16, read. book of Galatians 1, verse 15. Oh, and it please Jacques, who separated me from my mother's womb, and called me by his grace, verse 16, to reveal in to reveal his son in me, that I might teach him among the scattered Israelites. Immediately I have conferred not with flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't hear all that. I didn't get it up because the WCC, they, 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 they threw a little shot into my ears a minute. But read verse 16 if I can see it to flow. Verse 16 to me. Galatians chapter 1, verse 15. Verse 16. To reveal the Son in me, that I might teach him among the scattered Israelites. Believe immediately I conferred now with flesh and blood. He said, he said I was raised from the womb to, uh, to go at the scattered Israelites. I was raised from the womb to get his bed. My purpose, I was raised from the womb to take care of this business. And who I am, um, biblically who I am that, that was raised from the womb, in the 11th chapter, verse 1 and 2, a rumor. And I'll I tell you who I am, biblically, he'll call that. He said, now I'm going to tell you also who I am, biblically. That's what he said, 11 verse 1 and 2, a rumor. Let's see what Paul said he is biblically. The book of Romans, chapter 11. Verse number one, verse number two reads, I say then, Romans chapter 11, verse one, I say then, have Yaquah cast away his people? Yaquah forbid, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. Verse two, Yaquah have not cast away his people, which he foreknew, which you not what the scripture said, and Isaiah the seer, how he make an intercession of Yahweh against Israel, saying, mm-hmm. He said, He said, Biblically, I am an Israelite. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. That's who I am, bloodline. I'm an Israelite from the tribe of Benjamin. 
Benjamin Day is one you call the one that what they look like is one called Jamaicans. You know the one that called Jamaicans today? Uh, wood and water, that name they got from wood and water. So Paul, if, if, if you can raise Paul up today and he'll look just like the one that's over there called Jamaican. So he don't look like the one that you got in your Bible and the picture you got on the wall in your mind. Who you would be you had his hair missing in his no, no, he don't like that. Paul would look, he said, I'm a Benjamite. The Benjamite today that's in America is what's called Jamaican. Hmm. That was and then thing and Peter said he's from the tribe of Judah, the ones in America you call them African American and Negro. Yeah. So you see where we at again? So Peter said he's from the tribe of Judah. What Judah look like today in America would look like one you call today African American, Negro, and color and supercolor. That's what Peter looked like. Okay? But they always introduced a nationality. Well, why do they do that anyway? We're going to find out in a minute. But let's come back to uh, Galatians. Now, you know why Paul is on, on the scene. Now, Paul, you know, he's like, they all just got to read. He, his mission was to go find the lost Israelites, form them, or what they need to know. So now, we're going to Galatians chapter 2, verse 8. And we, we want to read down to what Peter what Paul says about Peter. But we're gonna read we're gonna read we're gonna read we're gonna beat it just a little bit for understanding for the nationals understand that it was a job that had to be done. So he was raised from the womb to do this right here. So but he ran to somebody somewhere else and he he confronted them about something. Galatians two, figure verse eight, and we'll read down. Listen to this real good. Galatians 2, 8 down to verse 15. What does it say here? Book of Galatians chapter 2, verse 8 to 15 reads. Book of Galatians 2, verse number 8 reads. For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me towards the scattered Israelites. Verse number 9. With James, Kephas, John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the mercy, grace that was given unto me. They gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go unto the scattered Israelites, and they unto Yachdah Judah. Verse number 10. Or they would that we should remember the poor, the same which I also was forward to do. Verse number 11. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face, because he was to be blamed. Verse 12. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the scattered Israelites. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, feared them which were of the second city, Yachdah Judah. Verse 13. And the others of Yachdah Judah dissembled likewise with him. And so much that Barnabas was carried away with their dissimulation. Verse 14. When I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the covenant, I said unto Peter before them all, If you, being of Yachdah Judah, 
delivers us to the manner of the Gentiles, scattered Israelites, and not as do Yahweh Judah, but compels out the scattered Israelites to live as do Yahweh Judah. Verse 15. We who are of Yahweh Judah by nature and not sinners of the scattered Israelites. Again, again, Paul uh, identified himself along with Peter. That's what he was called. You know, because it is all in southern key and Jewish business. He identified Peter being a, a child of Judah. He identified himself by being a child of Judah. You know why? Because Jewish business, Levi and Simeon, they the ones came over here all the bumped up together. All that they know the divide of each other. But when you see them come on the slave ship from Portugal and uh, Portugal and um, we call her word, get me out of here, came from Portugal and uh, Spain. Thank you. So when they came from Portugal and Spain, they were all bunched together. They all looked like each other, Judah, Benjamin, Levi, and Simeon, because they were all in the southern kingdom. So, so when, when, when the people that brought you over here in the 1400s, 200 years before that 1619 stuff, it occurred. 200 years later, prior to that in the 1400s, you went to Brazil, all of, all kind of places, everywhere, 1400. That's another lesson. But they read you down as one people called you just, you know, the Negroes, you know, African American and Coon. But that was due to business of Levi and Simeon. So they was all bunched in together. But they knew who they were themselves. It's like going to reunion. You go to reunion, but everybody in there know what family this person belongs to, what family they in. But somebody outside looking to see a bunch of people, they go, oh, this must be the Johnson reunion. But you know who is this part of the family in there. You know all that by being from the people. But when the world looks at you and thinks you all look as one people, Judah, Benjamin, Levi, and Simeon. And they all have the title be called Judah. That's the same thing after Mordecai, Mordecai and, and his own. I mean, it's neat. They were called the same thing, too. But they were from the tribe of Benjamin. And Benjamin, which is called a is Jamaican. It is. You know, as they look like. But, the, but why, they, why did they introduce themselves about their nationality? Why did they do that? Why did they do that? Is there any reason why they do it? Because they tell you, it don't matter. Well, we go to Numbers chapter 1 and see where, where they, what, what was they following to do that anyway, go Numbers chapter one. Why did they introduce themselves as a body nationality? Why? Because we go to Numbers and find out what. We can find out why they did it. We go to Numbers chapter one, and all I want, all I want is two lines to see what they did first. What they did? Give me three lines. Numbers chapter one, verse one. Where, where is these people at? Anyway. Just give me three lines there. You're over in Numbers chapter 1. Give me three lines. What are you at? Numbers 1, verse 1. Three lines. Come on. The book of Numbers chapter 1, verse 1. And Yahweh spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the tabernacle of the congregation. Mm-hmm. And who was he talking to in verse 2? Let's see, let's see who was he talking to in verse 2. Verse number 2. Take you the sum of all the congregation of the family of Israel after their families by the house of their fathers. 
with the number of their name, every male, by their poles. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about the family, the families of these people, you take them by their poles, all these, from what? From what age? First three. Verse number three. From 20 years old and upward, all that, all that are able to go forth to war in Israel. That's right So Moses is talking specific to from Yahweh to Aaron, the elders, to tell them what to do. Now he gives them instructions what to do. So this this, this plan is talking about Israel, the Israelites, all the tribes. So now, then in verse 16, down to verse 18, what happened next in verse 16 on verse 18, Elvin? The book of Numbers 1, verse 16. These were the renowned of the congregation, princes of the tribes of their fathers, heads of thousands in Israel. Verse 17. And Moses and Aaron took these men, which are expressed by their names, Verse 18, and they, assembled up, and they assembled all the congregation together on the first day of the second month. And they declared their pedigree after the families by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names from 20 years old and upward by their poles. And they declared their pedigree, their bloodline from the family of their fathers. So whatever your daddy is, that's what you is. Well, you know, I'm, no, whatever your daddy is, that's what you is. You always declare your pedigree. The father tells seed. You can go take some apple seeds and you plant it in Chicago and go plant it over there in Detroit, Michigan. You're still going to be an apple tree. Whatever your daddy is, that's what you is. Well, I'm going to take a DNA test, see what I Whatever your daddy is, that's what you is. The father tells seed. Whatever your mama is, she carries you. But your seed is from your father. Whatever your daddy is, that's what you is. Got it? So they declare their pedigree. So that's why Paul introduced his pedigree. And you know, he's from the tribe. He's an Israelite from the tribe of Benjamin. And that's why Peter says, you know, it's a lawful man from the tribe of Judah. You know, to keep coming in the nation. So that's how children of Israel operate. But they removed that from you today, and now they got you that you African American and Negro. And another name you can get in Charlotte. It's another name that you carry, and you will be, you will answer for you answer to any name. So you see, that's where did that. But in First Chronicles 9 1, can I get a precept on that? First Chronicles 9 1. Book of First Chronicles, chapter 9, verse number 1 reads, Book of First Chronicles, chapter 9, verse number 1. First Chronicles 9, verse 1 reads, So all Israel were reckoned by genealogy. All Israel is reckoned by genealogy. That's, that's how you reckon Israel through genealogy. So that's what you're supposed to tell them what tribe you're from. You both know what tribe and what tribe you're from. Not just saying you're an Israelite. What tribe? How do you know? You reckon through genealogy. How we know we're from Judah? 
Right, how do we know? Because you got specific things that Judah would do to 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 for you understand that. It's certain things Judah would do, but he Moses talked about it, but he explained to he explained to him, but he did wrote Moses did write something about Judah to to get you an idea who Judah gonna be today. You know, he knew he was gonna scatter. But he knew something, but Moses wrote something. He he had it written and he asked Yahweh, why would he do something in 33, verse 1 and 7 of Deuteronomy? See, Moses asked Yahweh to do something in the Bible, 33rd chapter of Deuteronomy, verse 1 and 7. Listen how we know who we are according to what Moses asked Yahweh. Listen to this right here and see who, did, who, do, who do this fit. 33, verse 1. And so, what it says? The book of Deuteronomy 33, verse 1, and verse number 7 reads, Deuteronomy 33, verse 1, and this is the blessing for with Moses, the man of Yahweh, blessed the family of Israel before his death. Verse number 7, and this is the blessing of Yahweh Judah, and he said, Hear Yahweh, the voice of Yahweh Judah. And bring him unto his people, that his hand be sufficient for him, and be you and help to him from his enemies. Thank you. So we clear that if you know Judah would be the one that bring the message. So how do you know when you Judah? Because Judah was already prophesied would be the one that brings the message. And he says, hands going to be sufficient. Why, why, why do you say that? That means you don't have to have no Uzi or no blade in the socks or nothing. His hands going to be sufficient to take care of his business. His hands going to be able to turn his old Bible. He'll be able to get the Bible down on the table and just say, when you get through bumping your gums, we're going to put a burst on you. Oh, you know why he said your hands going to be sufficient? He got that written 28 verse 12 of Deuteronomy. Why do you say your hands will be all you need? Hey, Judah, all you need is your hands. If you can throw the Bible, he'll take them now. Because something he did repaired your wrist. If something he did, so now when you look at your wrist, a thing repaired your wrist now, understand 28 verse 12, he got something written for you. 28 verse 12, what is that? Look at Deuteronomy 28, verse number 12, read. Yahweh shall open unto thee his good treasure, to heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. Hey, yeah, yeah. you see the man saying, your blessing is right past your wrist. See, what you don't understand, children of Israel, your blessing is right past your wrist. When you see that old thing right past your wrist now, and you say, that's the blessing of Yahweh. That thing you got red past your wrist. Maybe you can't find your ten dollars. But guess what? You got the blessing. Can't nobody and that's why Leo Leo um what his name um uh he cut off your the wrist of your hand uh what's his name what's his name? Leo uh Leo. Leopold. Leopold. Leo yeah, yes, sir. See, we were he, he come out of Belgium and he came to the Congo. That's the, 
He has to know lesson. That was your land too over there. He told him, look here, we know past your risk. You got a lot of blessings. You go finding some gold over there. So Leopold, we got a statue over him now in Belgium right now. But but also, but they don't tell you about the things he did. He cut off from your 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 wrist down. He cut it off. That what he did. That was Leo. Leo, uh, what's his name again? His last name again? Leopold is all I know. What's his last name, yo? Leopold. I, I, I can't, I didn't hear it, yo. What's his last name again? Leopold. Yeah, that's his last name. Yeah, yes. So, they went over to the Congo, and then they had, guess what they had? They always had some wicked Israelites, one called the Moor. The wicked Israelites want to pay attack them the wicked Israelites. They're the one that's for height. The Moors is the one that Leopold went and got. And they the one spot you out. The one got the pay attack on their head. And they the one beat your back for Leopold. So those that call themselves a Moors and all that kind of stuff, you know the history? You got wicked Israelites that are always for height. You run in thousands of Israelites and they call themselves the Moors to pay and hats on. And they didn't want to beat your back, and they didn't want to cut your arms off too, by commission from Leopold. Well, you didn't bring enough gold. But they knew they knew you had the blessing in your hands, so you can you come back and bring back some itty bitty pieces of gold. They had them moors to cut your hand off. They own brothers cut your hand off. And Leopold is famous for having all the one that didn't bring enough gold cut their hands off, and we had to do it. The same one, the same one we read in Maccabees, chapter 1, verse 11. Wicked Israelites. Wicked Israelites now got another title on them today. And guess what the title they got on them right now? Now we found the title they got on them right now. Let me show you another wicked Israelite. They got a title on them right now today. They not, they call them more, they wicked, but they got another title on them right now. No? You can read it right now. Let's come back to Isaiah 65, verse 11. They got another title on them right now. Right now, another title on the wicked Israelites. Let's find out what they call in the Bible. Let's go back to Acts 65, 15. The book of Acts. The book of Acts. Look at Isaiah 65, 15. You see, right now they got another title on them right now. 65 verse 15. Let's find what title that the wicked Israelites got on them right now. And I mean, I mean, they they hardcore about this right here. Isaiah 65 15 was told Isaiah 700 BC something. What they was going to do? What they do here? Because Isaiah 65 verse number 15 reads, You shall leave your name for a curse. Unto my children, for Yahweh shall slay thee and call his servant by another name. But Yahweh gonna slay you. He said gonna slay you, but you will be called by another name. He said you gonna leave your name. And seventeen thirty four. What name that is you gonna leave? In Second Kings seventeen thirty four. What name are you gonna leave, uh, Elder? Let's see what name you gonna leave. By another spirit gonna tell you what name you're gonna leave and you're gonna pick up a curse name. But really it's a curse title. We'll find out in a minute. 
1734, in the book of Isaiah, can you help the national audience out elder on what name? Now, the elder going to bring it to the, to the chicken about your name and what name you going to get yourself caught up on. Now, take your time and deliver the knockout blow, elder, come out. The book of Isaiah? Yeah, no, 2 Kings, 1734. Take your time and deliver the knockout blow. Deliver the knockout blow in 1734. Now, the seal going to bring it to the attention. Yes, yeah, it's going to bring it to the attention about something. Now, we're going we gonna to find out and say, you'll leave your name for a curse. Now, the going to come and, and, and tell them about something that happened in Genesis 32. And the good stuff about 32, 24 through 28. This is my seal going to bring it back to your attention. 2 Kings 17, 34, what it says. Book of 2 Kings 17, verse 34 reads, Until this day, they do after the former manner. They fear not Yahweh, neither do they after their statutes or their after their ordinance, but after the law and commandments, which Yahweh commanded the family of Jacob, whom he named Israel. Hey, that. Read that again. Ask the Read that again. So you see, you had a name, but you left your name for a curse. The name that you was, your father's name was Jacob. But in Genesis 28, 24 to 28, we ain't going to read that. He said, what's your name? He said, I'm going to bless you. He said, what's your name here? He said, my name is Jacob. He said, well, your name will be called Jacob. Your name will be called Israel. For as a prince, you got power with Yahweh, and you got his blessing. So the blessing is in the name of Israel. The blessing is not in the name we get ready to read. That name is going to be a curse to you. The blessing is in the name of Israel. So the seal came back to remind the children of Israel that you're going to leave your name for a curse. And I'm going to read 1734, and they brought it back to the attention to these people again. Listen, you're going to leave your name for a curse. You're going to be hard-headed, and you're going to take on this other name. We're going to read right shortly after this. We'll read 1734 again, Elder. The book of 2 Kings, 17, verse 34. Elder, 1734. This, the book of 2 Kings, 17, verse 34. Until this day, they do after the form of manner. If you're not Yaqua, neither do they after their statutes or after their ordinance, or after the law and commandments, which Yaqua commanded the family of Jacob, whom he named Israel. Who he named Israel. That's the name he gave you, and that's the blessed name, Israel. That's why at the end of your name, you put Israel to it. The blessing's in the name. That's one of the greatest mysteries. But he said you will leave your name and take a curse name. What name is that? Did you say now? Acts 
Verse number 26 reads, And when he had found him, he brought him into Antioch. It came to pass that the whole year they assembled themselves with the congregation. How much people and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. The children of Israel was called what? First, well, the children the flesh and the and when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And the disciple was called Christian first at Antioch. Uh go go and, and, and see how many miles is Antioch from Jerusalem. How many miles? So it got way from where in Antioch. How many miles from Jerusalem to Antioch? They was called Christians first at Antioch. Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? We didn't get that name until that name until we got to Antioch. How many miles is Antioch from Jerusalem of uh, El? For the mass northern section. From Antioch to Jerusalem, how many miles did they we already got them a byword name called Christian? Well, How much? Yeah. How many miles? Ready? Uh, give me one second there, see. Okay, well, I keep talking. You say, "Oh, we got while we ready." So you see, <laughs> when you're passing him, you up and say, "Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian?" Wait a minute. I'm a member of the twelve tribes of Israel. My forefathers didn't get that title nickname until they got the Antioch. As a matter of fact, they got all the way from Jerusalem to Antioch, and they was called Christian first at Antioch. But the word really wasn't Christian, it was called Christo. But from the from the Greek word Christo, you got the word Christ and Christian. That's what it comes to English. But remember, the Greek, the Greek descendants of Esau is the one called Christo. And from Christo, you get the word called Christian. So you was called Christian. First in Antioch. So where you get that from? So when they tell you, are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? What religion you are? Are you a Christian? No. That is a curse name to me. You say you will leave your name for a curse. What name? Israel. And what you will be identified as a Christian. Do you know in the 1400s when the children of Israel uh, went off into captivity by the Pope called, what's his name? The fifth. Pope Nicholas V, he told all the Portuguese and Spaniards, if they don't convert to be a Christian, sell their kids and everything, your forefathers done everything to get away from being a Christian. They sold their kids. Hallelujah, Quah. Hallelujah, Quah. Come on, y'all. All right, I'm reading from uh, <coughs> online uh, Bible Hub, and it reads um, from uh, Antioch to uh, Jerusalem is about 300 miles. Okay, we're going to leave with that. 
300 miles from Jerusalem, that's when you were first called Christian. <laughs> and, and But when you were called Christian, what have you did in, uh, in, six, in Isaiah 65, verse 15? You left your, <laughs> your theology, your pedigree, your bloodline name Israel, and you put that name down, and now you identify being a Christian, which is a religion that was created by them. Pope Nicholas V, they created all that stuff. And your forefathers died not to be called that. See, when you start reading about the Inquisition, that means it required, they were, they were peeping to see where you're going to be converted in their way. And you still practice, it was called the Inquisition. Inquisition don't mean they, they, were, they were trying to help the island. They told you, are you going to be a Christian? So, yeah. Okay. They put the Inquisition on you and back in the, back in the 1400s, and they were peeping in your house to see what you're doing. Law, statute, and command. That means you ain't got the history. A Christian is a curse to you. Children of Israel, not to them. But I keep telling you, you're not them. You were given rules, regulations. You say you would do what in Isaiah 65, verse 15, L? Look at Isaiah 65. First time up, 15 reads. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 65. First time up, 15. You shall leave your name for a curse unto my children. For Yahweh shall slay thee and call his servant by another name. And you left your name for a curse name. So when you are a bloodline children of Israel call yourself a Christian, you have left your blood name for a curse name, Christian. That's a curse to you. I mean, not to them, but it's a curse to you. That's why you got to know. When they ask you, are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? That's a curse to me. But you're going to put yourself in that position once you know who you are. See now, and, and what do the Israelites look like? You want to know what Judah look like first? We'll preach up the Bible and see what Judah looked like. Now, Paul identified himself from the tribe of Judah. He was a Benjamite. Uh, Peter identified himself as the um, tribe of Judah. Do you know what they look like? They came about in 14, verse 2 of Jeremiah. You know what, they, what do Paul look like? What do Moses look like? What do Peter look like? It's, re- it's written in the Bible in 14, verse 2 of Jeremiah, what they look like. What do you look like right here in 14, verse 2? The book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 14. Mm-hmm. The book of Jeremiah 14, verse number 2 reads. Jeremiah 14, verse 2. Judah mourneth, and the gates thereof language. They are black until the ground. Judah mourneth. They are black to the ground. They are black to the ground. So you go outside right now in front of your house, put the snow, get on it, and look down. That was that what color they are, black to the ground. Tell you what, and put a little water, and then when your grandbaby put on one of them white little garments, you see them dressed there on, and tell them, fall into that right there and see what color it look like on that. That what color it is. It's black to the ground. And Genesis 2, verse 7. What about the creation? Genesis 2, verse 7. What about the creation? 
the creation. Genesis 2, verse 7. Let's see. Book of Genesis 2, verse 7. And Yahweh formed man from the dust of the ground. He formed man from the dust of the ground. Dust of the ground. You can go to the book of Adam and Eve. I'm going to show you how you just, you know, lose the buck the ground concept. You just go to the book of Adam and Eve and find out what that dust of the ground, what, what that means if you put water in dust. What, 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 what would it look like? If you put water on that dust outside, you want to know what it looks like? You go in the first book of Adam and Eve, chapter 67. You find what that looks like. If you, we can go out. See, all you have to do is, is, is know how to get to your system. Let's see what, um, what was told to Adam. Tell you, Adam made from the dust of the ground, right? We're going to the 66th chapter. And he's going to tell Adam something in verse number 66, verse 8. Hey, yo, what are you saying? 66 verse 8 to Adam. And he was standing by his side. 66 verse 8. The first book of Adam and Eve, 66. Verse number 8 reads Now, Adam hearkened unto the word of Yahweh, took Eve, and went down to the land of dark soil. Went down to the land of what? Dark soil. Dark soil. Dark dust. Sixty-seven, verse one. Next book. Of Adam and Eve. First book of Adam and Eve, sixty-seven, verse number one. When Adam and Eve went down.